Star Wars. You and your children loved it. Now the Earthlings at Kenner have asked my associate and me to present the Star Wars collection. Truly remarkable toys and games for your children. What are you so excited about now? My goodness, the Star Wars TIE Fighter and X-Wing Fighter. Now your children can relive our great space battles or collect our wonderful Star Wars companions with Kenner's Star Wars action figures. It's a little new. Kenner's new radio-controlled R2-D2 anyone can command. Ah, the Star Wars land speeder that moves like it's floating. And here's Kenner's Death Star space station. Four floors of action. A trash compactor, too. Listen, R2. That's the Star Wars electronic laser battle. A game of speed, reflex, and reaction. These and other toys and games in Kenner's Star Wars collection are sold separately. Batteries are not included. May the Force be with you and your children. Because of the following special program, Wonder Woman and the Incredible Hulk will not be presented this evening. talking to Blake about how upset I was about last week. I missed the cast and uh, it's one of these things where you know you get ready for the sleepover and then I did something wrong and my mom said fuck it you're not sleeping over. <laughs> and I go what I are did- you talking about? And I go we have a plan we're going to see a movie tonight. My mom's like no I, you're I, staying I, home tonight. I never bring it up. You know, I don't it's wanna, rather embarrassing. I don't, don't want to get you in trouble or embarrass you. It was really uh, embarrassing. My mom's like, no, you're not, you're not sleeping over tonight. You're not yeah, going over. Last then. minute, you weren't allowed to come over. And I start crying. It didn't help. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. I hate you all. Then you're, in the, then you're like in your bedroom. And you're like, what do I go from this point? They're not listening anymore, so you just stomp around. Yeah, those yeah. Things. Stomp on the floor. Yeah. I don't want any dinner. And I'm, like, I'm hungry. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like, then you're still looking at the clock. It's like eight o'clock. You know, like, you think maybe if his parents <laughs> say it's okay, I can maybe stay, stay. No, come on, please. I'm sure they'll let me. Nine o'clock. Can you think maybe? <laughs> no. So yeah. But, so, uh, but great cast, Mr. Vanderbilt. Yeah, Mike, yeah. Uh, Mike, Mike was, rose to the occasion. He was making me laugh. Was Mighty hilarious. Mike Vanderbilt. Yeah, great, great. Go Holland uh, from the old Chicago. Kicking a Chicago style. Yeah, I forget what he I said. I did not know that. Thin crust like versus. That like New Haven style thin crust. Because the way he was describing it, he said didn't, like sound, a, didn't sound like New York to me. It sounded more like like New Haven. Yeah. It's, like it, really thin. Who knew it was like north side versus south side, like he said. But he's like one. I forget yeah, which like one. But one is. side story over there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's always been <laughs> seasoned, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I mean, even arguing over pizza, <laughs> the, the, you know, maybe that's like how like Capone went against like, you know, George Bugs Moran and all that was because of the pizza or Dion O'Banion. It was the pizza epidemic. But he said that, like, I guess the po- I've always thought and I guess maybe that's, I, mean, I always figured that they that, like not every pizza joint yeah. in Chicago was deep dish. But you but you usually deep dish hails from uh, Chicago, you think? Yeah. Um, that's what you always hear, especially in these. Pe- now that you have these, like you know, Food Network or these channel yeah, yeah. documentaries, where they're like, "Let's I mean, track I, down." I didn't get it. Obviously, I didn't get into it too much with them. I would imagine it was because like some Chicago restaurants started doing that. Yeah, some guy is like, thing. "I'm gonna make it this way. <laughs> I'm gonna make it so deep. I'm gonna make it so. I'm gonna make a. Ca- I'm gonna make a calzone, but I'm gonna put a lot of things <laughs> in it. 
and then we're gonna end up bigger like a pie. You know, and then it's like all kinds of crazy. Because like, they like, yeah, we can't get into We don't have time to get into a whole this. I was going to tell you about what, how what? they do it. They put like raw ground. You're talking about in, in the deep dish. Yeah, And yeah. then they just cook it all. Yeah, because like usually it's like the shit, you got to cook the shit. Because a pizza usually only that's goes I, in for like 10 minutes. That's what I don't understand too. It's like that's the school of thought with like my dad will sometimes. My dad's like the old school Italian. So he'll put like say the raw meat in a sauce uncooked yeah yeah and then it cooks because you know you cook the sauce for like 24 to 48 hours <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. so it's like you, it'll, you, it cooks in the sauce and i'm like you start on sunday's gravy on like the previous sunday <laughs> yeah this, <laughs> is, this <laughs> is gonna go cook for about the two weeks it's like it was making wine in the basement you know <laughs> it's sitting there simmering yeah. low flame <laughs> in the back you gotta bring it to a boil let it simmer and just clean off the top you know but it's but it's like yeah people will put stuff in and then so that's the kind of thing you're, like you're saying. Like, they just put it in raw. But, but a pizza, tech, I mean, really a pizza, the idea of a pizza is it goes in really on a really hot oven for a short amount of time. But a deep dish is, you know, there's a lot, I guess it cooks for longer because I was, you know, you watch some show and like the place that originated or one of the famous places in Chicago, they take the sausage and they lay it. It's like the first, it's like they got the dough, yeah. the crust. Then it's like raw sausage. Right. In there. And then other shit on top. So it's in there long enough and hot enough to cook raw meat. I know in the New York area, um, because I don't know if it's zoning or whatever, but there was this thing where they you're not allowed to, you know, whatever ovens, you know, the old-fashioned traditional big pizza ovens that are, you can't put new ones in. So, like, once a, if, if a pizza place goes out of business, that's why people try to, like, snatch up that place because it has a surviving yeah, oven yeah. in it. But the new thing, maybe it's not new, but it's new to, from what I've heard is, like, these wood burning ovens but they're high heat mm -hmm. so it's like the old traditional oven you're supposed to it's basically stays on all night like at a low temperature and then yeah. you you know you stoke it back up in the morning whatever time you come in but these places like i had a, i knew a friend of mine who who was part ownership in a pizza place and it's one of these places where you put the pizza in and i don't know what the temperature is but the pizza's only in for like five minutes yeah, yeah. and it cooks that quick you know because it's such high intensity mm -hmm. heat like i don't know it's like a billion degrees and yeah. so i've seen a lot more of that where you have those kind of ovens so it's like very um you know i guess it's it's that's the artisan i guess style of doing pizza you know uh i had a funny story where you know i'm allergic to walnuts and i had to do a show where um i did a show where they made you eat as many walnuts as you no could but you know like <laughs> i'm allergic to walnuts one of those crazy japanese i win but it was one of these things where you know i've Early on in life, I realized I'm allergic to walnuts, so I've only ever encountered walnuts in cookies. Yeah. You know, so, you know, when you're baking a cookie what, what, or, or, you know, a pastry or whatever, you know, is, is there walnuts in the brownies and the cookies? So I was doing a, a TV show one night, and the host ordered us all pizzas, and it was from, like, down in the village, one of these little pizzas that cost, like, $30, and he ordered a whole shitload of these artisan yeah, pizzas. Yeah. So I gobbled down a bunch of pizza. I was running around, and then I was, it was a real busy that night because there was a court case that, that the jury came back on, on not guilty, so we had the whole jury on. So once I leave, I'm going home, my, you know, I start feeling weird. I'm like, what the hell is going on? And my eyes are starting to get itchy, my throat, and usually... Traditionally, it's like my throat gets itchy, and I can tell, yeah, like, yeah. that's when I'm having a reaction. So I get on the train, and I'm, like, looking, and my eyes are all swollen up. And come to find out, I look at, the, I Google the place. It had cream of walnut in the pizza. Like in the dough? Uh, I, I don't, in the sauce or whatever. It was just as an ingredient, cream of walnut. I'm like, who the fuck puts walnut 
cream of walnut <laughs> in a son of a bitch. Yeah. So uh, that I I didn't need to get like an EpiPen shot or like I had to just take a Benadryl. But like I looked like freaking Joseph Merrick for, for like the Elephant Man for like three days. <laughs> You know, I mean, luckily that happened. Yeah, it's like office statement. I got to walk around with like a top, like a fucking rag on my face. <laughs> you know, like, a, like a, I look like Jason Voorhees from the first three Friday the 13th, you know, with a pillowcase on one eye. But like literally my face blew up and I kind of looked like Asian. Like I look Chinese because my eyes kind of swelled yeah. around the bridge of my nose. And uh, luckily, it was a Friday because that shit didn't go down to like Monday morning. You know, I was like, all I was like, you know, and I have a picture of it. Maybe for shits and giggles, for shits and giggles. <laughs> you could see me Sunday morning when I still look like I'm like. Uh, but it's like you know, uh, we're talking about pizza. That's the only reason why I'm bringing that story up. Yeah. So, but yeah, so great cast last week. Well, thank you. Yeah, um, it's nice of Mike to. Uh, now I just got to watch out my mom. Lend a hand. Fucking and, do uh, that again. The movie that he loves, and so I, I'm already I'm already throwing down. I think you guys should do another special next time you record together. You guys do the thing you do. Is that the name of the Tom? Yeah, Tom that, that thing you, that do. Thing you I do. do. I don't know anybody else that likes. Neither that do movie. I, except you two. <laughs> and, and, and 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 that's nothing to say. Full disclosure: I've never seen it. Yeah. So yeah. I'm sure you know. Maybe it is a great movie, but it sounds like you guys are ardent supporters of you know you go, you both own an the original Tom Hanks directorial debut. Yeah, yeah, you got you both own original prints of that movie. <laughs> <laughs> screening room, yeah, private yeah. screening room. You have thirty-five and, and sixteen. With, with yeah. the hire like a union projectionist to come in and it's, it's, play it for. It's us. expensive. We've looked into doing that too, but we digress. But that'll be great. That's a great podcast to do. All right, sometime after the new year. Yeah, but we're here now, and it's Christmas time. It is Christmas. Yeah, and uh, unorthodox. We, we've had yeah, we've had <laughs> well, we've had unorthodox Christmas choices all along. It's it's nothing new. Our, 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 our first year we did Ernest Saves Christmas and which I'm Black still, Christmas. I'm disappointed. I, I like where's the love for Ernest P. Worrell? I mean, I know you you didn't grow up really uh, following him, but you know, like I, I mean, thought, I remember him. Yeah, I but I had thought a show and stuff. I I thought people would be more happy about Ernest Saves Christmas. Well, you know, it's just, I think half of it is, it was our first year, so we were only like three months into the podcast, four months into the, it was our fourth month of doing the podcast. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we just, nobody listened. We need to push that. We need to push Ernest Saves Christmas, and we need to push the Black Christmas. Everyone who listens to the podcast now, go back. Yeah, and venture into that the early episode. And as Mike has said last week, that we we're always talking about how, how about Remo. Remo. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it Remo Williams more popular? But it's always for me. It's Trial the Incredible Hulk, and then the uh, you know Ernest Save Christmas. And then, I always say Black Christmas is one of my favorite podcasts. I yeah. think we. I think well, I love that movie. So yeah. I, you know, I. I think it's good because, you know, it was a passionate one. It's also Bob Clark who did A Christmas oh, Story. Yeah. And people don't know that. I mean, ch- children shouldn't play with dead things, but it's, you got a guy like, you know, I, I mean, he's got notoriety now. Uh, he's passed away, but it's like, you know, his thing now is going to be A Christmas Story. It has. We t- I tell the my John Saxon story. You tell your John that you bought Screen John Factory's Saxon's. coming out with a new edition of it this year, so if you get that new edition, you listen, you watch the movie, you're into it. Think about going back. And we should have tried to, like, um... We should have tried to like uh, 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 petition Scream Factory to like put it on a special yeah, like, extra yeah, feature, like an Easter egg. <laughs> you know, the, the Saturday Man, sleepovers. I, I got to start thinking of that because I actually know the guy that does those you special know. features for those. I mean, because who else is doing like entire episodes that are like pro the movie? You know. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but that we did that the first year. Last year we ended up doing Gremlins and um, 
Invasion USA. Another one. Invasion USA didn't do as well as we Yeah, where are the Chuck Norris fans out there? I mean, but but the people who listened loved it. I remember like people were like, you know, that, that's great. You guys are talking about that. You oh, know, it's a great movie. It's, it's intense. So it's it's intense and scary. It's, fr- it's still now I'm remembering it. It frightens me. <laughs> Those scenes in it. You're not going to be able to sleep tonight. I'm not going to be able to, just in case, you know, um, what's-his-face is going around with those crazy terrorist <laughs> bastards that are blowing up school buses and neighborhoods with... Suburban uh, neighborhoods. Yeah, with laws. And houses with the Christmas trees in the window. Yeah. It was that, that move, that's a forgotten gem, man. That movie is really terrifying. I mean, you know, I, I always w- wish it got the... Uh, you know, like, Die Hard started that whole, like, late 80s boom of action movies, but I think... You know, Invasion USA should get the in, in the annals of Christmas <laughs> movies. You know, Lethal Weapon. Yeah, uh, Die Hard, th- like a three pack. That's die Hard, a, Lethal Weapon, and Invasion yeah, USA. That's a that's a three pack right there. You know, uh, that's in the five dollar bin. <laughs> you know, and with the special, all on one disc, all on one, not disc. even three discs. Yeah, and, and 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 it's like special features, interactive menu. You know. <laughs> Uh, you know, yeah, it's yeah. in stereo. <laughs> so, um, all on one menu. Yeah. But this, this year and this week, we're, we're, we're again departing from our, uh, our norm. Yeah. And we're doing kind of like what we did a month ago. We're, we're, we're going back to the annals of television. Oh, yeah. You know? And we're well, doing. Well, you know, we are Saturday night movie sleepovers, yeah. but. A television plays a huge part in the sleepover experience. Of course, especially for us, and we've established that long ago with TV movies and TV shows and and uh, any kind of you know. And, wait, and this week is it's movie related. It is because this because this movie's coming out, and this also there's a movie coming out that's related to this movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, completely coincidentally, they must have been <laughs> listening to our podcast and knew that you know. <laughs> that we were doing that, they're like you know what? Maybe we should tie it into that those 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 young boys podcast. But um, we're doing this week. We're doing um, the uh, Star Wars holiday holiday special special that aired November the seventeenth, nineteen seventy eight. Yeah, on CBS. On CBS preempted. Wonder Woman and the Incredible Hulk. Yeah, it was a Friday night, and you know, right there, they're going for that market because they're you know you know who's. Watching the Incredible Hulk and Wonder Woman are probably like kids, and you know, like. Which fa- it's amazing to think stuff. that those two shows were on the same night on the same channel, back to back. Yeah, because yeah. it's like it's DC and Marvel, <laughs> duking it out Friday night. Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm surprised I never even thought of doing like a crossover. Like, hey, let's let's have uh, Linda Carter and uh, Bill Bixby walk. You know, I mean, I guess you know, first season of Wonder Woman's like World War Two, but then yeah, they, yeah, then they yeah, like a, that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so they preempt that for this 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 son of a gun. A miraculous two hour, a, t- a two hour uh, holiday special. Yeah, and um, it's important to note that it's a holiday special because the world of Star Wars doesn't take place in our galaxy. Yeah, it's a long time ago. Which I find in a far, far away. <laughs> Where so Christmas doesn't exist in that galaxy. And I found it very forward thinking, which I can get we can get into later on. You know, because it, then it's now it's very encompassing of all races. It's not just Christmas or Hanukkah or celebrating Kwanzaa. Life. Yeah, it's it's Life Day. Happy Life Day. Happy Life Day to you <laughs> too, Tia. <laughs> Happy Life Day. So um, <laughs> going to change my religion. I'm celebrate Life Day. For yeah. Now. So what? what uh, Put on my red robe and just walk around, <laughs> and walk and just through space yeah. towards a bright star. <laughs> and, and then what do you what do you call it? Like a lifer? <laughs> it's like you know, yeah. I wonder what the what the what the old the old um. Uh, you know, whatever they 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 consider themselves. 
but you have the original movie that comes out in the summer 77. 77, yes. And, and then, changes the face of cinema forever. Forever. Yeah. And marketing. And, like, toy marketing. Everything, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it changes everything. And we'll get to the Star Wars trilogy at some point. We can't get bogged down with that information. No, no, today. no, no. But it's important to... It's a game changer for but we, It's important era. to recognize that because this movie comes out after a year of Star Wars Mania and yeah. a re-release, a successful re-release in the summer of '78. Yeah, and then they it, re-release it. It makes like ten million dollars in three days. Yeah, and, we're talking about seventy-eight dollars. And we talk about all the time. We always set the table and talk about the era around it. This is prior to videos. This is prior to being able to, you know, get YouTube, of course, and internet. So, if you want to go see this thing, you either got to go buy the book. Yeah. Buy the trading cards, uh, buy like the eight millimeter condensed film version, buy the like projector. Remember the thing that you talked about, maybe in the Ghostbusters cast, where yeah. it's like the the slides in a projector and you, have, you project it on a flashlight, <laughs> the flashlight on a yeah. wall. And they have one that's kind of like a Viewmaster where it's a strip of tape, a strip of film inside there. And you kind of you look into it and you, you know, you hold it up to the light, you look through the through this thing and you kind of crank it. And yeah. you can like watch like the gun, f- the, the scene where they shoot down the, the Tie Fighters. Yeah, and from it's the Millennium it, Falcon. so it's very, uh, you know, for p- people younger than us, it's very rudimentary back then. But you didn't have, you know, you have to go to the movie to see this. And then what they do is the movie comes out in the summer '77, and then like I guess in the fall of '77 they release a like TV special on like the making of Star Wars, and that was huge. Like you know, so they start realizing, hey, we got to start, you know, let's start giving them more stuff, and then. I think the Richard. I think it was the Richard Pryor show. He had a show at the time, very short run, and they had like a skit where he's like in the cantina with the original. Yeah, yeah. So it's the first time you see like the Star the Star it's, Wars I wonder, guys. Because I, I read that it was Donnie Monroe, Donnie Monroe well, and Marie. Yeah, so you have you have the Pryor thing in the cantina. Yeah. Now. So what what happens is you start seeing the Star Wars character, the original characters and costumes in these s- skits. So you have like. You have the Richard Pryor show, and he's in the canteen, like in, in Tatooine. Then you have the Donnie Marie variety show, like you're saying. Yeah. They're dressed up as, like, I don't know, maybe Han and Luke, and they're interacting with, you know, uh, I think maybe C- CP-3. <coughs> then I heard even, like, Bob Hope had a special, and he's, you know. But this was the first special that was not uh, those characters in a skit. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and then you had, him, you had, like, um, Mark Hamill show up on The Muppet Show. At some, yeah, but, you know, was that, but was that... That, I think that was like, I don't know if that was after this, but that was around between 77 and 80 because the Muppet Show yeah, ended I was around wondering, 80. I'm wondering if that's a recollection. I just don't remember if it, that might have been for like uh, Empire. Yeah, because they canceled the Muppet Show right before the Muppet movie. The Muppet movie is either 79 or 80. So, uh, but anyway, this is the first. Then, so we get to like the, 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 the summer of 78, and this is the first property they say, hey, let's. Like, it's going to be its own. It's not going to be our characters in somebody else's show as a skit. It's going to be its own thing. We yeah. want to carry. <clears throat> we got a movie coming out in, like, two years in 1980. We want to keep this audience. We want to keep selling these toys, selling these merch. So we need to keep, keep throwing at them, you know, uh, prop product. And they got the bright idea to, hey, let's do a Christmas special. And uh, they said, okay, a Star Wars Christmas special. That's a little odd. And then they're like, well, they don't have Christmas. <laughs> So they like they yeah. say you know we have to okay we'll turn it into like a a, a freaking holiday special, and then the rest is history. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Good night. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Very short. That's like the old the projector. Remember the eight millimeter? That's that's the that's the condensed version. <laughs> I'm here to protect you. Okay, we're done. Okay, you, gotta, you know. Yeah, I mean, like in a kind of in a nutshell, uh, a company called uh, Smith and Hemian, 
run by Gary Smith and Dwight Hemme, and they were known for doing like variety shows. Yeah. So uh, Fox, I which think, was huge at the time, yeah, variety yeah. show. I mean, variety shows were big. You know, there seems to be no like definitive, like this is what happened. But there's a, when you piece together the pieces, when you kind of look through everybody's story, it seems pretty clear that maybe Fox had this idea of. I mean, because uh, 20th Century Fox, uh, they had this idea of doing the Star Wars special. Who put this movie out? Yeah, they uh, they did Star Wars. So, and then CBS is who airs it, and um, and they're like, well, you know, we can use it to sell toys. We'll we'll release new toys. Well, like you said, there was a re-release of the movie that did Gangbusters. That did Gangbusters. They had Miko, remember Miko had like the the disco versions of the oh, soundtrack yeah, yeah. and that was huge so it's like anything you could find you know but they knew they were stuff. doing the sequel because the sequel was already like they were writing the sequel yeah already. or kind of like some sort of pre-production and uh so they come up with this idea and lucas is like i don't know and they're like well look we have to keep it in the con you know this is gonna be it's gonna be good for empire strikes back we gotta keep it in yeah, people's this minds is good. And, you, you know, know and christmas is coming it's up. gonna we be promoting stuff it for christmas and, and he's know. like okay so uh Fine. He he gives in. Says, "All right, let's do it." Uh, they hire two writers, Lenny Rips and Pat Proft, yeah, to write the script for it. They meet with Lucas. They spend the whole day with Lucas, and um, you know, Lucas has since done nothing but badmouth this thing. Yeah, kind of dis- what... kind of disowned it. His name's not on it. And it, that's kind of pisses me off because if you you read the backstory about this, he was involved up until production. It's almost yeah. like how Romero was with the remake of Night of the Living Dead. He was he was ready to go with Tom Savini up until day one of production. Then he's like, see you later, <laughs> and that's it. So like you know, Lucas was heavily involved in the pre production. Yeah, he says he didn't really have that much to do with it, but f- f- piecing together everybody's stories, <laughs> uh, Rips and Prof they meet with him. They spend a day with Lucas, and they're talking about it, and they're saying he's very methodical about how he does stuff. He's like, okay, how many minutes are in a TV like a TV special like this? They're like 90. So he starts plotting it out minute by minute, yeah. and he's the one that comes up with this idea of like a Wookiee holiday. Like a Wookiee family. In the yeah, town. and it's, you know, obviously it's not about Christmas, but we'll look at like Chewbacca's family, and I think the original thing was it's like an intergalactic holiday, and but this year the festivities on like the Wookiee planet, which in later movies is called Kashyyyk. Kashyyyk, but I think in the special it's called Kazook. Kazook. Uh, and I mean, this is where you get a lot of purists, and I, I guess I, full disclosure as well, uh, I am not a balls-out Star Wars fan, meaning I love the Star Wars f- just fine, but there's people that are well more knowledge than me and can name off every n- character's name in the freaking bar, <laughs> yeah, and I yeah. can't. So there's a lot of stuff that we should probably know in this that we don't. I kind of leaned more towards Star Trek, I think. Yeah. Because when Next Generation came out, and I never had any older brothers who really, you know, were throwing Star Wars at me. And then, you know, as my mom did, she she only let me collect two toys growing yeah, up. So limited, I would, limited what kind of toy you yeah, were because to, she didn't want to She didn't want to buy, a, you know, toys for everything. So she said, you have two franchises, and I picked G.I. Joe, and I picked Transformers. But that's another stuff. Uh, so we should... We had... I... Look... Uh, the Star Wars movies for me, I was never a if, you know, like this or that when it came to Star My mom was a bit of, like a little bit of a Trekkie. So I grew up both a Trekkie and a Star Wars nut. When I was, uh, I don't know, I want to say eight, nine-ish, they had re put out a new VHS edition of them. 
And I asked my dad for them for Christmas, and I got them. And I watched literally at least one of those a week. Yeah. For I don't know how long years. <laughs> you know, like I I wore the crap out of Star Wars: Empire Strikes Back and uh, Return of the Jedi. There was at that time the fourth tape of that box set was from Star Wars to Jedi: The Making of a Saga. Yeah. That's the whole. Those movies are the whole reason why I wanted to make movies. Yeah. Was because of like you know we t- I talk a little bit about a special like a behind the scenes special of. Friday, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, yeah, Part Four. But it was, you know, it was all that stuff, and Star Wars was really a big part of my life. And there was a time when I knew everything about the, especially the first, the, those three, those original three. I had like a trivia book that was fucking hard. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I, I would read that shit religiously and knew the answers, all that shit. And that was for that was a trivia book for uh, Star Wars and Empire. So I, you know, but as I got older and started to discover more films and stuff. There was, I went a long time without watching the star Wars movies. And then with all the fucking tinkering and the, the episodes one through three, it it just kind of soured me on it. And so I I took a long break from star Wars. I remember that my father on, I think he must've taped off HBO when it premiered like empire. Yeah. And the opening for Empire with the with the Imperial walkers was like my shit. And all I wanted as a child was an Imperial walker. I never got the damn thing, but that was my dream. It's like I wanted the USS flag and I wanted the Imperial Walker. And that's the notorious tape where uh, I still have to this day. It's like it's the Karate Kid into Terminator. And then when Terminator's over, it fuzzes out and it comes into Cloud City where like they walk in and, and Vader <laughs> yeah, puts yeah. his hand up and grabs Han's gun and then you know uh, Boba Fett comes around the corner that's you know and that's the end of it so that that tape he's not good to me dead yeah I wore that freaking tape out so it was and then I remember getting Return of the Jedi came out and I went to like Caldors which was like a local store here and we got I got like the book to tape yeah, and there was something wrong with the tape. I put the tape in. It was all like Caldors was like a Kmart. Yeah, I can't, it was like one, or one of those Bradleys, Ames, wherever you were, you know, Montgomery regionally, Ward. like a wall. I guess it was like a early Walmart for us. And something was wrong with the tape, and I had and I had to return it. And then uh, I think I got Thriller instead. But who knows if I kept that tape? But I had like the you know it was like Return of the Jedi book. Yeah. So by that time the marketing was huge. But so I don't know as much as you know the ne- a lot of people now, especially nowadays with, with with all the new movies come out that I should. But there's a lot of stuff that ended up premiering in this that was like groundbreaking and, and well, a lot I've, of like original. Here's the interesting thing, which I think we should put up. We should mention this up top because I mean, most people will know it's notorious for being absolutely awful yeah. and fucking hated. Yeah. And I was I was thinking <laughs> before we decided, like after we decided to do this, and as we were watching it and getting ready to do this, I was thinking like we're going knowing us will be probably like a very rare occasion where somebody covers this movie and is nice about it. <laughs> this is where I've got, I was worried about going into this cast because I, another full disclosure since we're, we're, it's all these, we're doing all the, it's the tell all episode. I have never seen this beginning to end. I, yeah. I, I only got a bootleg of it from a friend of mine at the video store I worked at. Like when I was in college I watched some of it, and it was a really shitty copy, and I, never, and I was like, eh, okay, I kind of get the gist. I never really, you know, I had no real appeal to watch it until, you know, and I've seen scenes. I've seen the animated yeah, segment yeah. a couple times, you know, until we decided to watch it, and we watched a pretty good copy of what we found, and, and is it wrong to say that I loved it? I thought it was great. I mean, yeah. I mean, for what it is, I mean, I'm a fan of, 
70s variety show television. Yeah. I mean, I love the, the you know the, the the actors in it. I see the fault that people have. I understand the expectation. I see. I completely concede all that. But I had a good time. Like at the end of the day, like I liked. <laughs> well. <laughs> Yeah. Well, we should just, when you say you like the actors, it's just before it occurred to me that like the guest actors, like B. Arthur, <laughs> Art Carney, Art and Carney, Harvey Corman, I'm like they cast this for you. <laughs> they, they must have. They were like Dion's gonna love this. What's a 37 year old Dion gonna be into? Yeah, he's gonna be into you know. And at the time, you think what was big there, Maud, which was B. Arthur's show, was on until about 1980. Carol so Burnett, Carol which Burnett a lot of the writers, the writers were from the Carol Burnett. Not show. The two we talked about, but no. later other writers came on, which no, we'll like, get to. Yeah, and they, and they worked like with the Carol Burnett show. Yeah, and, and that's why Harvey Corman's picked from that. And I love Harvey Corman. He's hilarious on the Carol Burnett show as well as like in the Mel Brooks movies. So those are going at the time. And Art Carney at the time, he just won an Oscar coming off of um, uh, Tonto, Tonto and Me. What's the him and the cat? Um, do, 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 I forget the name of the darn thing, but that was a great movie for him. So it's like I loved all that. And I can see, but then it's like, yeah, you see the pace. You can well, completely yeah, see yeah. the faults of what's going on here. But so, yeah, I, so my point is I enjoyed it. And I know people thought it was terrible. And I can, I guess, see, you know, you're sitting down that night. Kids are going to get bored real, you know, you don't know what's going on. There's too many cooks in the kitchen. And I think it was a case of like, since 20th Century Fox knew the property well, gave it to the people of CBS, they didn't know what to do with it. They're like, yeah. you know, I think I've even heard like urban legend that like the, the people at CBS like, why do the Wookiees have to be naked? Can't they have like pants or something yeah, on? Yeah. So they don't know. That's why like when you're in the scene with, with B. Arthur, like in the Cantina. Uh, cantina you know, she calls like Guido. She calls him like uh, Leo. Guido. Uh, yeah, when I say Guido. <laughs> <laughs> I say, yeah, it's your little Guido there. Uh, she calls him like Ludlow, doesn't she? She, she says like, you know, she, so <laughs> I wish he was named Guido. I mean, listen, Guido, you tell Jabba. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's all, it becomes very racist. <laughs> You tell that <laughs> that fat ass. He's a money collector for yeah, Jabba. I know. <laughs> His name is Guido. On shot first. Um, God damn it. God, not, not Guido. God damn it. Yeah, we're going to call him Guido. <laughs> uh, she calls him Ludlow. So yeah. it's like, so I think like a lot of these people, they didn't know what to do with these people or they didn't know or care about these backstories. So it's, that's why you get the fault of, and the variety show was big at the time. You had, like you said, there's the Donnie Marie show. Even though the Brady Bunch had oh, got yeah, canceled. I mean, this is, look, we're talking about the late 70s. You know, the, yeah, the Brady Bunch came back. They got tried to do a Sonny and Cher. Show. Sonny and Cher. Smothers Brothers. Some of these guys worked on the Smothers Brothers show. I think even maybe Freddie Prince Sr. might have had like a variety show I mean, for was a minute. Everybody. You know, that was, Martin had one. Yeah, I mean, it was all over. So that, that was like, a, it was the, the variety show concept was dying by like, I'd say 80, 81. Variety show concept is dead. But that was, uh, I mean, look at that. Freaking send up the DC Comics. Freaking, uh, they do the, oh, yeah, the, the, roast. the roast. That's yeah. something we should do. And that, that you're talking about <laughs> weird hosted hey, by Ed the McMahon. Justice League movie. Yeah, comes well, out. you know, we'll when you talk about the Ed McMahon, uh, they go like a freaking Friars roast. He roasts the side. There's two of them too. Yeah, so it's yeah. like you think of the weird world we lived in at that point. Yeah. So you can completely see them like trying to touch the older audience who know these older actors and that style with the younger, and it just collided and it didn't work. Yeah, out. I mean, so basically, these two writers get hired and and it's speculation they had written a bunch of stuff skits and stuff for this uh 
these mimes that were popular. So they were thought of, they were good at writing stuff that didn't have dialogue and getting a story across. Because lo and behold, like the first 15 minutes of this movie or the show are just Wookiees talking Wookiee talk. And 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 what's funny is they're not even like, it's not even joking. It's actually like, you can kind of tell. He's going to spoil his appetite. Take out the garbage. He doesn't want to take his garbage out. His grandfather's like, take the fucking garbage out. You know, while I go jerk off to uh, freaking. He's whittling an X-Wing fighter. Yeah, he's he's playing around. The mother's like, I'm worried about. And you come to find out that Wookiees are really whiny. Don't wonder Chewie's (laughs) off with Han. Yeah, and then like, um, I mean, you you know, the movie's the, the special starts off with Han. It's like it's that old, you know, uh, driving home for Christmas. You know, you're trying to get yeah, home for yeah. Christmas. Well, that's you what know. I was thinking because our first year, well, our two, we didn't do a Thanksgiving movie this year, but in previous years, our two Thanksgiving movies were the John Hughes written classics, yeah. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, and Dutch, which are basically the same plot. Yeah, kind of an odd couple trying to get home to the yeah. ho- for the holidays. And that's always... And a- that's and what's interesting about this is like that's what this is, except for it's like, what if you did planes, trains, and automobiles? In space. But the entire, <laughs> but the entire movie was about... Oh, uh, her at the house. Yeah, it was like about Steve Martin's family being yeah. like, is he going to get home? Yeah, yeah, George Petrie and everybody, they're like, come on, is he? Or as, what's his face? Marshall, J.T. Marshall. You, know, like, you have John Candy and Steve Martin. Just, you just, know, you two just, juggernauts of comedy. You just, but, you're just doing raps. You, know, like you see them at the at beginning and the end of like, you know, before the commercials. And the, but the, the heart of the movie is the family wondering. Uh, you know, it's like... It's the, it's but it's the, an old, it's an old um, story. I mean, uh, like a, uh, a concept where you see, like you know, there's even a famous uh, song. I can't think of the name of the guy who did it, but there's a song called "Driving Home for Christmas," an English song. But it's like that's the the old, yeah, yeah. you know, it's like are you going to get home for the holidays? And that's always like the cliffhanger, like you know, like the last minute, like dad walks in from like he was on the pipeline. No, dad, you made you made the bus, yeah, yeah. or you know, there was the storm, and we didn't think dad was going to get through because of the, that blizzard, you know, air quotes, and like you know, so. But you'd have our two stars. Yeah. You have uh, Harrison Ford and, and uh, whoever the hell plays Chewbacca. Yeah, Peter, we, we should know you. Yeah, uh, you have Chewie and Han. Those are the stars racing, but in the, in the Falcon. But like, we don't have the interesting story, which is them trying to get home. We have the family at home being like, "Where the fuck is he? Why isn't he home?" Yeah, <laughs> and then like we said, we have um, a guy named um, Bruce uh, Falanche comes in, who was a, a really popular writer. Oh yeah, everybody. Carol Burnett. He he punches up Oscars. Really odd looking guy, but really weird. Uh, Hollywood Squares. I think he's on, squares, yeah. yeah. But he he he's a very very successful writer. So he's in there writing. And he, well, what happens is they so the, so uh, they go through several. Ramps directors. and Proft end up. They take Lucas's idea. Oh, but Lucas has this idea. He's like, listen, I. I was going to put this in the movie, uh, somewhere in the movies, but I want to go into the backstory of the Jubakas. Yeah, yeah. Like the, the, <laughs> the Wookiee family. Wookiee family got this holiday, and it's about this intergalactic holiday. And so he has this idea. Like the, sh- <laughs> the Wookiee planet Kashyyyk. <laughs> and according to Rips, one of the writers, Lenny Rips, yeah. he says during that, uh, during that, that day of meeting yeah. with him and working out a story, he, <laughs> Lucas tells him, he's like, and Han is married. Yes, to a Wookiee, and that's the whole. But controversy. we can't mention it because it's con- it would be controversial. So, so it, that's kind of like that. Uh, that really that piece of the puzzle slums up why he knows Wookiee in so well, or whatever Chewbacca's language yeah, is, yeah. and he's able to speak because he's. It's, that means he's married to. That's like. I don't know what you would even equate that to here, like in, in Earth terms. <laughs> well, they, you can't. No, I mean, it's, 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 it's an alien. He's married an alien, but it's like, is it like, is it bestiality or is it, you know, it's not even, we're not even talking about like mixed races here. We're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, so yeah. So the, the 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 little gem in this is like, yeah, Han is married to a Wookiee, and that's that's the connection with with Chewbacca. But you can't mention it because it's too controversial. Because it's too controversial. You know, I mean, then they they go later on like so. It means that he's you got to wait till Howard the Duck to see <laughs> any kind of any kind of animal. <laughs> Alien Lucas animal love. This is just to see what's on Lucas's mind, and then because because that, that's a Lucas. Production. And some of the, I think the first director, um, he comes on board and he's like, you know, uh, the first yeah. you, you, he gets said that he gets like FedEx's script and he's like, the first like twenty minutes of this is just uh, you know, well, even action. the writers no, were like, there's, there's no I don't know if this is going to work. And Lucas, Lucas is Lucas, adamant, yeah. And this is where I I get a little mad at Lucas now because Lucas badmouths the shit out of this and completely divorces himself from it. But he's yeah. the one who's setting them up for like semi failure here yeah, yeah, yeah. by saying no, this is going to be the story. This is what how I want it done. I don't care that they're going to be speaking Wookiee yeah, for yeah. 20 minutes. We're going to have this, the da- you know, it's basically it's the daily life. He basically picks that storyline st- and, and makes everybody adhere with to them. it. Yeah. Um, so we have, we get introduced to the, to the, to the, to the, to the Chewbacca's family, yeah, yeah. which consists of, um, we have uh, Mala, which is his, his wife. wife. We have Itchy, which is his father. His father. And then yeah. we have Lumpy, <laughs> which is the son. And I guess... I've, Chewy, Itchy, Lumpy, and Mala. Yeah, and I, I hear that, like, in later years, they've tried to amend that by, like, saying, like, since Chewy, Chewbacca, his nickname is Chewy, maybe Itchy's short for Itchawaka, or, like, yeah, you know, yeah. Lumpy short for Lumpa Lumpa. But, like... <laughs> Umpa Lumpa Lumpa. You know, <laughs> Lumpa You know, but they have these weird names. So we have the daily life, like... Blake says where you get like you know um, uh, Mala's like get, making getting dinner ready for, yeah, for yeah. she's waiting because Chewbacca's supposed to come home at any minute uh, uh, dad's there whittling away at a, a TIE fighter the kids running around and she's like get your housework done he's like I don't want to take the trash I'll do it and then like uh, we get to the first kind of number and that is that, and then they live in like a treehouse, yeah, yeah, which is beautiful a, matte painting yeah, by the guy R- Ralph McQuarrie, yeah, and 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 he's the person who really establishes the world in the Star Wars movies for this. And it's funny how it's it's just like basically, it's like just a conceptual art of the how they use that. They don't yeah. even like have him do a finished matte painting. They just yeah, yeah. have him draw a conceptual. And it's a house to me. It's a tree house very out of like shirt tails or like out of like gummy bears. You know, yeah, it's like yeah. one of those, you know, and but it establishes the world. Yeah, it establishes the world and it's like hated and disliked as this thing was. And as much as Lucas hated it, yeah. it is considered canon. Yes, it is. For the, because which is odd. When we then visit the, this planet, which kind of changes name. Yeah, it comes to uh, Kashyyyk. It in, still in looks exactly the same, like in you know, in Clone Wars, or whatever, in Episode and Two. The family uh, eventually goes out, and, and uh, Chewbacca's family ends up showing up in like some book form and children's things. Yeah. I think Kenner actually made demoed three toys they were going to make that they never released because yeah, yeah. The, this. this p- well, there's failed. even some you know one of those writers that wrote wrote some of those you know the books. You know, uh, and w- that take place within the Star Wars world and stuff. Like he even he says when he was hired to do it, and he was had to go through like the Bible of Star Wars and try to figure out like what everything was. Yeah, he, he was wa- handed like a Wookiee Bible. Yeah, yeah. He wanted to kind of do something with the family, but he was told he couldn't do what he wanted to do because Chewbacca already has a family. Yeah, and that was based on this. So I mean, it is even as much as Lucas hates it. He even, you know, like Lucasfilms considers w- what happens in this kind of, you know, yeah. canon for the series. And then I hear, you know, we get we get introduced. We have a first little sequence where it's like, um, I, I feel like it was like a play on like the hollow chess 
where you have like that they turn on like the, oh yeah and they have the like a circus a circus ole kind of a thing yeah, yeah. which is kind of fun i mean well, it's you know, for 80s so for late 70s before TV. we jump too much into the story basically what happens is they write that these two guys rips and and prof they write a script based on what they, the meeting they have with lucas but then they give the script to smith and hemian who are are producers of uh of what like what we were saying variety television yeah and they leave like basically blank so like okay this is where you could put a music number this is when this happened because it seemed like a perfectly good formula to them and they're the ones who had the ties to these older actors that hey we'll bring in you know b arthur's pop well you know hemi and smith and hemi and they read it and they're like this is fine but we need it to be more we want it to be more like the shit we do yeah so then that's when they bring in uh, Bruce Falange, Rod Warren, and Mitzi Welch, who then kind of apparently that's where the shit kind of get went off the rails, <laughs> and they hired a guy named uh, David Acumba, who was basically like a rock and roll documentary guy. He went to USC around the same time as Lucas, although they didn't really know each other to direct this this and, son of a gun. Um, but he doesn't have uh, you know uh, y- if you think about it, I maybe it's common knowledge today, but you know when you shoot traditionally when you shoot movies, it's like a one camera setup yeah. mostly, maybe two at most unless you're doing like a big action sequence as opposed to television where television's kind of shot on a stage like you'd see in a theater and there's four or five cameras shooting the action at once yeah so for a director who may not be even accustomed to that kind of style yeah. it could be very you know it's uh, overwhelming yeah i mean it's a whole technique that you're not used to doing yeah you're used to doing it like shooting it like a traditional movie but no we're gonna shoot it like a television plus show. the script changes people like b arthur and and you know they they get hired and all of a sudden one, he's kind of out of his element. Two, it's morphing into something that he didn't really crazy that he didn't want to do. So he goes and shoots the, uh, which is perfectly fitting for him. Yeah. I think he shoots the uh, Jefferson Starship sequence, and I think he shoots the B. Arthur scene where her, yeah, with her he singing. Yeah, he shoots the cantina scene. And then after that, he's kind of like when he starts to see like this the the Wookiee set. They have this. I mean, they talk about how they only had like a, maybe a million dollars to to. Uh, for this thing, and I think a lot of it went Which to like was a lot of money. Yeah, then, and I and I was going to say it's it's for me. Uh, people's calling it, it's cheap and all that, and I think they run out of money by the end of the special for like the whole ending sequence. I thought that treehouse in, interior was was well, gorgeous. The movie Star Wars only cost like eleven million. Yeah, so, so that's like uh, <laughs> so you're doing a TV special. That's like a tenth of yeah. So it's like so the T. I thought the inside is very well done for what it oh, was. Oh yeah, I mean it's it's you know? fine. But I mean so it ain't like the the interiors are like the, the you know the housing projects and like you know good times or something like that yeah, you know yeah. so it's like it's you know you're on another planet so it's pretty cool and then they have this sequence like you know they have these other world like they're nowadays it's funny we call them flat screen TVs but they're calling them wall screens you know yeah, yeah. so it's a very forward thinking so come he ends up quitting and the, our director yeah after the director ends sequences. up quitting Lucas ends up kind of walking away from it. Which is, see, there you go. Like, why would you walk away from Because it's this? like, it's like it's not turning out the way he wanted. So he just kind of watches his hands of it. And I guess they're starting in full swing of pre-production for, because they're shooting this I mean, midsummer uh, 78 in L.A. And it's a hot summer. So you're having issues, they're saying, where no one thought about, like, the people in costumes. So the whole B. Arthur sequence when they're in the canteen, yeah. the, the people, evidently they were feeding people oxygen. And masks during this because you know people would overheat. They didn't do this in this point, so people like drop, like passing out left and right. <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. the, the people who were dressed up as the Wookies. You know they're like uh, you know they, they can only work say a like, half hour to forty five minutes at a time, and they have to take their stuff off to like you know take a breather and hydrate. Yeah. So they got 
very quickly they got behind schedule, yeah. you know, and it was getting very hard. They just all these so basically logistics just, just takes a bad turn. Shit yeah. starts hit, hitting the fan, literally. Uh, and they uh, and he, he in an attempt it. to save it, they hire uh, a new director, Steve Binder, yeah, um, who had done. Uh, like TV specials, he was he's in, he, you know he's famous for doing the the big, big Elvis the, comeback, the big famous uh, sixty eight comeback special with Elvis Presley. Yeah, he had done a lot of TV specials. He went on to work on Pee Wee's Playhouse, be one of the producers of Pee Wee's Playhouse. Uh, so he comes in kind of like last minute. Yeah, and he has to make odds and ends of, of of what's going on. So here's like the setup of like what's going on behind the scenes. They're already in production. He, he's like he, he gets, gets the script. script. He's got to be there Monday morning. He's like fuck, you know they're already the well, at least set, he's familiar with the it, set. Know? It doesn't have like a fourth wall. It's just like it's a real set. I mean, it's like a they build it like a real tree, like a real house. Yeah. So there's no place to put the camera or the light. It's like it's basically like they go to. It's like you going to a location to film where you know traditionally like on a on a, on a TV show, you know where the cameras are. There's no wall there. For, you know, in this thing they actually yeah. built around that. So you have to. It's it gets very complicated. All the actors that come from the mo- that are in the movie, they uh, they come to do the mo- the the Christmas special. They agree to do the Christmas special basically because they're either like contractually obligated or they feel some kind of loyalty yeah, towards, begrudgingly. towards George Lucas they're kinda, they're to, to, tar- to partake in it. They're kind of like convinced like, hey, so, look, you know, we have another movie coming out in two years. We need to keep pushing this thing. Uh, please be in it. So like Harrison Ford, he, he's, he says he's contractually obligated. He couldn't get out of it. Uh, Mark Hamill says, that, you know, he was trying to do it at the time, but he thought it was a bad idea. Also, you know, I, there's a lot of speculate. There's about a lot of mystery around Mark Hamill's accident. Yeah, he looks kind of weird in this, and he's got a lot of fucking makeup on. And it's, I think his accident must have just happened, right? And I think this is not that long after his accident. I think that's why he's got a lot of makeup on, and he he looks like he's like sig- kind of like eyeliner, yeah, like punching his and eyes, just like a lot of. Uh, like foundation, he just he looks very like bronzer. Yeah, like, yeah. it just seems he doesn't look as much. He doesn't look like Luke, and he looks way over made over. Yeah. And I think it's because he's still in recovery from that car accident. Uh, but he partakes in it. I mean, he comes, he joins in, and even though he doesn't want to do it, apparently he's a bit of a trooper. Even though you know, apparently Harrison Ford is very was very much on set. Like, okay, how long is this going to yeah, take? Like, let's do it. Let's get know. this going. He's got a little shorter hair. It looks like he was probably, you know, in the middle of like Force 10 to Navarone or Handover Street. That's yeah. around that time of his career. And then Carrie Fisher doesn't want to do it, but she says, I'll do it if you let me sing a song. Because I guess, I don't know, at the time, maybe Which, she was thinking of having a budding singing career. I guess. I you don't know, know, because everybody was doing that at the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you look back then, like, you know, Telly Savala sang songs, Richard Harris had an album, so it's like. So, I mean, behind <laughs> the scenes, this is this is kind of. Just to, to, to set the stage of, like, what the story is for the show, uh, the special, like. We have to, we're, set, we're setting the table as to like this is the chaos that's as well happening behind as the uh, you know you bring it back Anthony da- uh, Anthony Daniels is CP three O and uh, you have some wild lines by uh, James Earl Jones yeah, yeah. that people actually say also this is the first time he's billed as Vader because I guess he wasn't billed you know in, yeah. in the original movie then you have then what they do is this is all shot on video because it's TV they intercut it with stock footage from the movie that they just cut put bits out of the movie and they repurpose scenes. They put new dialogue over it to make it, keep it going. Yeah, you know, yeah. like a lot of the stuff in the space or like, you know, Darth Vader, like we must find Chewbacca and his stop Earth day. It's, you know, as <laughs> I someone, mean, Earth day, life day. <laughs> as someone that, you know, grew up like absolutely loving Star Wars and watching it more times than I can count. Um, 
you know, the, right before the B. Arthur scene, there's like some establishing shots of Tatooine, which is like little outtakes that they didn't use from the movie. Yeah, there's so a deleted <laughs> scene. So it's kind of cool to see like, oh, look at that. There's yeah, like so a little, like, little comedy thing going on. I wonder, if, the movie. I wonder if people back then were even noticing it. There is a deleted scene where that they put in where like there's a little person running or in, in, in down the alleys of Tatooine and like stops and the, like this big giant foot come in the way. And then I think the the little person either runs the other way or runs in between the feet. Yeah, yeah. And then I guess it was deemed that it's a little too comedic f- for the original movie, so they kept it out, but they put it in here, which is yeah, kind of cool. Yeah, so you get to see like a little, couple, a little, little couple nuggets. of little nuggets. And like I guess that. those were then later released on, like, you know, in Blu-ray as, some, as a supplemental. Yeah. You get to see those scenes finally. So you have that. So, uh, you know, we, we established their their day-to-day life. You have a scene where you have like the Cirque du Soleil thing and there's like this little thing where it's kind of like the hollow yeah, chest. Yeah, it's like the kid is being a brat. So the grand, so itchy or the grandfather yeah. like <laughs> sit, down, sit down in front of the TV and shut up yeah, yeah. <laughs> he puts it on like it's like oh yeah cool and it's like a sequence of like you know there's, <laughs> there's like uneven bars and some other weird things and then it gets into it's almost it's, yeah it's very circus Soleil. yeah yeah you know and I guess at the time that's what a, a variety show you'd have a dance number like sure, that sure yeah and then you uh, we get introduced to Art Carney uh, my man who I it's love like fix it guy right yeah he's a I read that he's his character's kind of a precursor to Lando he's like a gambler who also you know he, he sells things he has like a trading post that he sells to Wookiees he's kind of like he's selling to like Indians if he was a cowboy that kind of a yeah, thing yeah. and then the character eventually grew to become Lando Calrissian as we know him but people see elements of Lando's core character in him and uh, he's a guy I love from the Honeymooners and you see there's there's like I think two parts here that they they kind of make references to the honeymooners here where he's talking to the first when he's in like his general store and the imperial guy comes in and he's showing him the doohickey it's very much from the chef of the future episode of the honeymooners of what he can do and then there's another scene when when he's trying to stall them when he's at the treehouse later on he's taking his time and the the imperial guy's like will you get on with it because that was the big shtick where norton would take very long and annoy ralph (laughs) grand and will you get on like so you see a lot of that shtick which i think you know is is in their purposely because it's Art Carney, you know. Like so so he comes in and he's like a friend of the alliance, but we find out that I guess the the the, the empire knows that like Chewbacca and Han are trying to get home, so they put this they put up like yeah. a no fly zone. Yeah, there's like a like, do a blockade or some shit. No no ships are going to be entered. The, the, these are all like the uh the, you know the big um uh, what do you call those? The, the uh, Star Destroyer? No, not. The, I'm sorry. Before you go to break, you know, you, you oh. know, the 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 T's are. You know, will they get away? <laughs> so it's like you know, like you have someone come on, like attention, everyone. We're going to. You know, no one's is coming or leaving, and then they're like dun dun dun, and they go to commercial, yeah. and they come back. So you have these problems, like are they going to be able to get through? And then like you know, Art Carney's trying to tell like you know they call our carney and he's like you know i think i'm going to send solo as in han we'll get through <laughs> chewbacca those packages the hairy packages you ordered that you know hairy rug you ordered yeah is going to be coming solo as in han so- solo you know so it's <laughs> you know it's a lot of that wink wink <laughs> he says it like that <laughs> get me so you know we introduced to, to uh and then also, I, I was really liking the John Williams-esque filler music that they had in there. Well, that's I thought that was really it's cool. It's interesting you say that because... Uh, it wasn't John Williams. John did Williams it. didn't do it. Yeah. Somebody was hired. His name was... Uh, let's see. I, think I got it in my notes somewhere since music has become kind of my life. If I can find it. But they have this really good music in there. Well, that I thought was really... Yeah. It's 70s. I mean, it really firmly has a, a foot in that 70s kind of feel of like the... 
TV shows of the time, the Love Boat kind of like, or whatever that filler is in the background that you see in like Fantasy Island or whatever. But it definitely has the other foot firmly planted in the John Williams score. Yeah, well, he also has to rearrange some of Williams' score for the television, you know, because yeah. there there's some of the themes still make their way in it. But, but I but loved it. I what I found it. really interesting is if you really listen to it, it's there's parts of it that are, to me, very reminiscent of what Williams ends up doing with E.T., with ah. some of the melodies, which I was like, when I was first watching it, I was like, huh, this is interesting. Because if Williams did this, then maybe this is kind of where some of that stuff came from. But he didn't even do it. But so there are there's little things that are, I, I guess, completely coincidentally, like melodically, I very think similar. Yeah, to I think e. it's T. nice. And it's not, I didn't find it hokey at the time. I find it very, and it, it wasn't like, say, as dated as the Miko Star Wars soundtracks that they did like. Yeah, you know? yeah. So I, you know. No, it, I like the fit, score. You know? And they had two other people uh, write the write the songs for it because there's actual songs but uh and also since we're talking about a minute ago um the costuming and stuff and how we're they're using original costumes and stuff from the original movie they bring in a young stan winston to actually design the chewbacca a family uh costume which is really cool i saw him in the credits and like you know that's stan winston pre i mean like terminator and stuff i mean i don't know i guess was he on piranha maybe with james cameron or yeah, i don't, I don't know, know did, what how early piranha. uh I don't, I don't know that much about Stan Winston's early, early career, but he was brought on here to design those, to, to at least the three principal um, Chewbacca and Wookiee outfits. Yeah, I mean, some people from Lucasfilm and some of the guys that worked on the, the uh, you know, on Star Wars, they came in to kind of guide him to try to stay somewhat true yeah. to, to what the, a Wookiee would look like. But yeah, Stan Winston. So, I mean, this is... Uh, I mean, obviously, I think anybody that listens to the show knows who Stan Winston is. I hope but so. I mean, if, you, if not, you better go ask somebody. <laughs> you know, we ain't gonna tell you. We ain't gonna tell we you. Gonna that's a homework assignment. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you you have him in there, and then you have like, uh, then meanwhile, like in the kitchen, Mal is trying to make dinner, and then there's like one of these skits where you have like Hor- Harvey Corbin ends up playing like three roles in the thing. Yeah. And the first one's like a set up to like a Julia Childs type thing, and it yeah. a lot of these skits. I, I feel like even for like a guy like Harvey Corman kind of feel he probably feels like they're falling flat. Yeah. You know, it's almost like the old days like vaudeville, you know, you're doing that thing up on stage and when the people aren't laughing, you're like, shit, I just got to <laughs> get through this. And, you know, then it's like it's a skit where she's she's watching a cooking show and making what, what he's and he's dressed up as a woman, like a Julia child. But she's an he's an alien. And then by the end of it, like, you know, he has four arms and he's doing yeah, all this yeah. different stuff. So that's kind of funny. Then you have like. Uh, I guess the Jefferson Starship, does that thing happen first? No. I think Diane, this Diane Carroll scene comes yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, okay. And this is really disturbing because it takes a left turn in this special, and you're like, what the fuck so is going some, on? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's the... <laughs> it's em- funny because it's Grandpa, too. Grandpa. Yeah, the <laughs> Empire comes over, and Art Carney comes over because Art Carney's the one that gives them the machine. Yeah, he brings stuff over, and he's like... Uh, Here's that thing you were looking for. Yeah. So, but the, anyway, so yeah, to get right into it, like basically Itchy, the grandfather of this, the old Wookiee, puts on like this virtual reality helmet. Yeah, Art Carney brings this thing over. This is what you wanted. And then like, you know, like you said, the Empire comes over and they're going like door to door in the entire sector. That's going to take a while, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know. And then they leave and then Art Carney is, no, it's me. You know, uh, what's the password? Wookiee Chewbacca. <laughs> <laughs> he comes in and gives them this thing. And like, and then it's funny because like the, the, uh, Lumpy, the, the child, yeah. and Mahler, like just 
in the other room, they're not even. It's so it's like you think of like the senile old man who's just gonna like do anything when anybody's present. You know? <laughs> so like he's like eh. he puts like you're saying he puts like almost like the virtual reality headset yeah, yeah. on. And then it's like it turns into like a porn sequence from like is he does he is he rubbing one out and he's gonna like you know they're right <laughs> over there and he's like well, blowing first a little. I mean the the stuff with like the the uh, you know like the three the holographic circus oh circus Olay stuff yeah yeah, yeah, the, yeah there's that stuff I mean these little like things I find like amazing yeah. in the movie I mean. Say what you will. Like Dion expressed that he loved the movie. I uh, the show. I actually like it a lot too. I the pacing of it is fucking awful. It takes so long, yeah. and to, I think to, to get anywhere. It suffers from the era, and then on top of it, suffering from the era, the pace. Like we're saying, the pacing yeah, yeah. is bad. So but pacing was so bad back then. On top of that, it's like. But there are so many just like really weird things in it. Like that I, that I find it absolutely fascinating but, but like, to watch and so you know like i thought like the holographic circus thing and it was like well done it yeah, was yeah, cool yeah, yeah. you know and so like this is next like the next one and it opens and it's like you know it's like v'ger in the beginning you know it's like totally fucking trippy yeah and then all of a sudden diane carroll comes <laughs> and she's like doing like very like shirley bassey from she's singing like a very but even before song. that she's talking to him and, and she's, she's like, like yeah touch me if oh. you want to uh. you know she's like groaning she's like you know you're like i know what you want because i'm your fantasy yeah, I'm here to and you. i'm you're my fantasy and, that, and then, then, then there's cuts of like and grandpa she's like, like and she's all like <laughs> mm. she makes all these like sexual noises <laughs> Yeah, and she's dressed like um, and she's looking hot. Yeah, but it's like, I, see, it's like she's the type of person where it's like you know, I, I uh, sadly I think you, I, I have to admit you'd be hard pressed for people nowadays to know who Art yeah, Carney yeah. or you know, B. Arthur or Harvey Carmen. I think you're hard pressed to find people our age who are even going to know who Diane Carroll is. Yeah, yeah. So she comes on and does this weird thing, and it turns to me like I said, it turns like to a Bond esque kind of a yeah. like Diamonds or Forever song, but it's very suggestive, sure. and it's so odd to be in a children's primetime CBS holiday special. <laughs> It is absolutely bizarre. It's a complete left turn. It's completely it, it suggestive like the, that like grandpa is like like getting off in the living room in the middle of the daytime. I mean, she makes like sex noises. Yeah, it's She's like, like moans. It's like shit. Diane Diane uh, Donna Summers as you can ring my bell or yeah. or you know do it to me again and again. You know, love to love you, but baby. You know, side song aside, <laughs> I'm just saying like even leading up to it, like you, if the way she introduces, the way the music number is introduced, very erotic with her talking directly to Itchy. Yeah, it's like you would think that the net you would never guess that a song's coming up. You would think that she's going to get naked, and it's going to be like, you know, yeah, like Playboy Channel, yeah, like Playboy After Dark yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah, and then you cut to Itchy; it's just one like of those big P- smile, like on his one face. of those POV porns, yeah, yeah. where it's like it's just a shot of her like blowing <laughs> fucking grandpa. Yeah. You know, you would grandpa expect Wookie. the way she talks leading up to it. It's all about how like I'm your fantasy, and I know what you want, and she's like moaning and making sex noises. And you're cutting the reversals of Itchy, and he's like a smile <laughs> from ear to ear, like, you know, with his and then so like. The fact that it's a song, it's like, okay, but it's like you would never, like I'm saying, the setup is like, this is going someplace really And I think they've strange. even said, they're like, yeah, that's kind of like soft, it was kind of like a like a like an innuendo, yeah, a softcore yeah. porn. It's like, who who agreed to this? <laughs> How would you ever, what, what, 
what demographic are you trying to adhere to? Are you just like, you know, we want to keep the creepy old that men. alone, you know, this like this special is amazing. Yeah. You know, I, I don't, just I, for the fact that that exists. They're like you just picture like, a, like again, our, our we always say the smoky boardroom with people with cigars. Like, what do we need here? <laughs> Why don't we have the grandpa put on some sort of face mask and get off to some black girl who's singing a song? It's like, you know, it's like, what do you, I don't understand. And they're like, that's a good idea. Yeah, 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 yeah. Who, who's hip right now? Diane Carroll, put that, you know, be I mean, Arthur. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we're coming out. This is the disco, the end of the, towards the end of the disco. Yeah, era. everyone's wearing Jerry Curl Soul Glow, and it's like, every, she's all you know, like in sparkly. It's, she it looks is like she's absolutely out there. It's, it's insane. And I mean, it's amazing. Yeah, and, and it's just like, you, it blows your mind. You're like, what the hell is going on here? And then by the end of it, I think a grandpa like takes us. This is like one of those shit off. Like, I, you know, I was never, uh, you know, Dion knows. I was never like a drug guy. Like, but this is one of those things. Like, I could only when they talk about like you got to see, you know, you got to see 2001. Like, all fucked up. Like, I can only imagine that like this special. And I'm not condoning. I'm not saying you should do this. But I can only imagine that this special is like fucking amazing when you're stoned off your ass. Yeah, because it is so out there. I don't know. <laughs> I, I just I can't even begin to just I don't know how it just perplexes me that all this is all in 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 one special. Yeah, yeah. Um, you get through that dance number, and then you have uh, you know like you say, Carney comes with the supplies, and then like uh, you know uh, we go to uh, what where else are we going here? But I uh, oh then then the and then you th- they, there's a knock on the door, and they think it's going to be Art Carney again, and suddenly it's the it's the Empire again, and in a very yeah. in a very Nazi-ish way they come in, and they're gonna it's very like you know Jews in the ghetto, the Nazis come in, we're gonna search your flat, you have nothing to do about it, and we're gonna wait here, are you hiding Chewbacca? And then they're like they're real mean to the kids, yeah, and, like break his Bantha doll, and yeah, you know they, 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 they just go trash his room, <laughs> break all his toys, they just trash his room, <laughs> you know, assholes. yeah, they, I mean you know and they're like. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's like, I. So then, at that I wonder point, if they should have sold that bantha, big bantha doll, that big fucking thing. From yeah, that. that would have probably sold that's, a lot. That's probably maybe still on the on the, uh, you know, on the sand uh, people animal thing that they wrote around. I think it was cool. It's it's hilarious. You think that they actually then uh, in the world that you you know, Wookies, the Wookies yeah. like, hey, let's let's make a. Well, I a, mean, you could go to you know, you can go to. Oh, and get like an ele- elephant. <laughs> yeah, you can get a stuffed elephant. Yeah, so or, I guess it's the same uh, kind you know, of any thing. Any animal you it's, go to. Yeah, I don't even know if uh, F.A.O. Schwartz still exists. I heard they were going to close, but yeah, no, you no. could go there and get like practically life-size <laughs> stuffed animals of anything. Yeah, so they, so he comes in. One of the stormtroopers completely breaks the uh, the kids thing. They go up to his room. They trash his room. And uh, <laughs> fucking asshole. And then you have the. Then there's another th- sequence there with uh, they turn on maybe the wall screen and then Jefferson Starship shows up. Yeah, that's a music video. Yeah, and well, it's I a, think Art Carney does, puts it on for him to oh, like, yeah. distract him. Or like, oh yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He, he puts the the head. Dude, why don't you check this out? Yeah, the head. Uh, it's, it's actually hilarious. <laughs> yeah, the head like um, Empire guy. He he sits down. And he's like, you're gonna like this. And then he's like, he starts like you know like going along with the beat. And he's like, yeah, I am gonna like this. And it's one of those things where you can like put anything in front of him. Like, you could be watching like like a girl getting raped. He's like, yeah, this is great. But it's instead it's like. Uh, Jefferson Starship, and it's I get, now again. I'm not t- too up on Jefferson Starship, but that's post Jefferson Airplane, and I don't yeah, think yeah. Grace Slick at the time is no longer with the band. No, no, no. So you have a male singer. I don't know his name, but I, I recognize the guitar player who I think maybe just died from Jefferson. Yeah, he Airplane. just died a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah. You know, you see him, from while, the and, and they're they're all they're all like in this crazy. So Jefferson Starship, play, they sing a song called uh, "Light the Sky on Fire." Yeah, and apparently that song 
only ends up popping up like on a greatest hit. Yeah, like on a gold album, you can get that. Um, and that's like, so, but, it, but it's a different mix. So does that mean and that they wrote the, it for this? I don't know. You but know? The, and the, then the, they might. Well, I doubt that. The other songs definitely were written for this. But the Diane Carroll song is called This uh, Minute Now. Yes. So just to so turn back, back so that we, we But you see this minute now? Yeah, like, yes, it's very <laughs> sexual. You know, so then, yeah, Jefferson Starship, this is big elaborate scene, and they have, like, the. it's pretty cool. They do, I mean, like, it's the, a pre-MTV like, music video. Yeah, with, with uh, some cool effects with, like, um, uh, uh, what do you call those? Neon lights, kind of, and, like, he's singing into, like, a microphone that looks like just, like, a almost like a lightsaber-ish kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah. And it's the entire freaking video, so it's, like, five or six minutes. <laughs> and he keeps coming back to the guy, like, yeah, yeah, yeah watching. Yeah, he's into it. He's into it, tapping his finger, and then then when he's done, like our is like, I told you, like he's like, yeah, I did like it, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then they jump to again. You have like more Vader ADR stuff, and then we hit this animation. And I think that was the thing where they what, they, they want again tell the, the they wanted to have this kid settle down because the kid's room got trashed, lumpy. Yeah, well, they were up and they were up. Or like, no, and not they lumpy. were like it's um yeah lumpy lumpy, lumpy yeah. It was like to my recollection, you know, we just watched it, but already it's very forgettable, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like they're like we're gonna go trash your room, so sit down. Yeah, sit down and just <laughs> sit down and keep your eyes freaking. So, like, yeah. so like while they're searching the house, he sits down with like what was it said? Looks like essentially like one of those like late seventies, early eighties like electronic football games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the red dots, but so the screen it ends up being like you know like a little, you know, little. Uh, viewing machine yeah you know, and they, he views this um so he watches this cartoon this nine minute sequence which uh oddly you know stars his dad and all his dad's friends yeah uh, oddly <laughs> a little send up so i wonder if it's something like he invented with his you know i, mean, I didn't really explain it but i wonder if it's something like you know it's his vision that's coming to life because it's a cartoon or you know yeah, maybe they yeah. could have explained it away with a sentence like it makes your imagination come to life and then but since they don't speak english yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it very becomes like harry and the hendersons uh, but the animation the animated part of this movie it's like 10 minutes um, it's 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 the only part of this thing that everybody universally seems to think is pretty awesome. Yeah, and it's the uh, the only thing that actually got re released. It became it was like on a supplemental material for like a Blu ray release of Star Wars. Like it saw the light of day. Aside from this, it, it was done by a Toronto company, which we talked about last month for the Batman cast called uh, Nelvana, and they're the people that Warner had to buy the rights back from of the Batman because they had bought it in the early mid eighties because they their Nelvana, not Nirvana, Nelvana, end up doing Droids and Ewoks, the T V show. The yeah, they later do yeah. the the Droids and Ewoks cartoons because Lucas was happy with with what they did. They also did, you know, they did all kinds of shit, but like in the eighties people you know, our age would probably, they did Care Bears, and I think they even did Care Bears the movie. Yeah. They did Strawberry Shortcake. Because I guess from what we heard, C- CBS was like, why don't you use somebody local like Hanna-Barbera, someone like a studio? And as, I guess, Lucas at this point was still, you know, uh, making decisions, he said, no, I'd rather go with something more yeah. independent. Well, I mean, he's coming out of the, the, he's coming out of, Lucas is coming out of like, uh, like Coppola's, you know, like a uh, compound of artists, Zotrope, which was yeah. very much like an independent for the artists. And uh, even though, you know, uh, Fox owned Star Wars and stuff, for the most part, Lucas even, you know, the making of Star Wars was kind of independent. And Lucas, you know, up and, you know, until he sold Star Wars, was still very much an independent filmmaker. So he was very much about 
staying didn't want to use an LA company like the Vernon. He wanted to go with a smaller independent company. And it would have had a weird look. Word. I mean, if you had a guy like a, like a Hanna Barbera or Warner Brothers, you would have got that inherent late '70s Scooby Dooish or whatever Hanna Barbera was doing at the time kind of a look. Yeah. And they go with this company, and and you think about it at the time, there was never really any precedent. There was comics happening at the time, uh, Star Wars comics that um, I read like the first 15 issues of that kind of. Uh, try to fill in what's happening between Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back. They introduce some characters. There's a rabbit character, which I don't remember the name of, like Star Hopper or something that's in there, and it becomes like a very like Kowasawa like um, yeah. Seven Samurai. There's like a long kind of a storyline there of like the first ten issues. So there was stuff going on, you know, in other formats for them, but but there was never any animation for this. So you have this completely new look. Uh, by this company doing it, and they kind of modeled it off of the French gentleman. Uh, I think his name is Mo- Mobius, who did uh, heavy metal. It has that well, yeah, heavy he did metal. a lot. He did a lot of stuff. He was a French artist, and John uh, Mobius Godard, maybe. And uh, we're terrible. I would names, say. Sorry. I would say Gerard. Gerard. That's how, how I would, but I don't know. I am um, dyslexic, so yes, I'll go with yours. But yeah, apparently that was Lucas's request, from what I read, that he was he wanted it to have that. Yeah, that look. He liked that that uh, Mobius look, and it's very. It's also very kind of Ralph Bakshi a little bit. Yeah. The way the animation is. I mean, it's a very dated seventies. Yeah, you know, animation. And I, I hear fifty fifty of all the people who love this from this special. Then a lot of people, half of them don't like it. They say it's like it's dated. I don't like how it looks. I don't like how it's how it kind of the animation actually is. And it kind of also reminds me in a way of like the early. 80s English like remember Banana Man or freaking Danger Mouse that kind of look or yeah, even yeah. Um, Count Duckula like it has that kind of a feel with the colors not the sure, yeah. animated not the movements actual, yeah, yeah look, but, but it's a completely unique and it's very much like we said heavy metal like it's very unique at the time and yeah, I guess yeah. heavy metal was big at the time or coming out so like hey let's have it look like that and it introduces uh, you know this it, very importantly, this yeah. is the introduction of Boba Fett. Boba Fett, which is, and then we brought him up as Gary Johnston. Joe Johnston. Joe Johnston, Gary Johnston. Uh, Gary Johnston, someone completely different. Um, <laughs> Joe Johnston was, uh, he just directed, what, what did we have? He did Rocketeer. Rocketeer. He, he directed Rocketeer. So what we learn about in between the movies is they wanted to have a, a character or two come out and still, like, like this special was all about, kind of promote keep the the franchise going and they wanted to have a kind of a new character that can show up at events at parades at festivals and yeah. walk around and they had this kind of unused stormtrooper design that they had made so they they invented this whole backstory that they actually shot a like 10 minute black and white video in one of the guy's backyard, the production designer's backyard of... Just like explaining the costume or what it is. Basically, what it does. He, he invented... Joe Johnston designed this with McQuarrie, designs this the Ralph outfit yeah. uh, for what they I think they call a shock trooper. Yeah. And it was supposed to be they were like the elite special forces of the stormtroopers. They're like the Green Beret or the or the Navy SEALs. Like the De- yeah, the Delta Force. Of, the, of the stormtroopers. And so that... Those stormtroopers never ended up getting used, 
And so they they have this costume, and so the black and white footage is very much just like a like a all white stormtrooper type outfit. They end up taking that outfit, and, and I think the, the outfit itself is black and white. Like even though the, the footage isn't color, yeah, yeah. The, 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 but no, you could tell it's like a white, like the stormtroopers, yeah, just yeah, like yeah. white and black. And uh, they, but they wanted to use this guy and have him to, to start promoing the next. He's going to be in the next movie. Yeah. They want to start having him make start doing appearances and stuff like that. You yeah. know. You know, so back they in the know day. that they're going to put because because Lucas really liked the design. He yeah. just had no use for it. Um, and they come up as, with backstory in, in terms of stor- stormtrooper stuff. So they're like, we're going to use this. So Lucas, you know, is like, you know, put put this character, put this, bo- you know, this the character that looks like this in the thing because we're going to use it in the next movie. Um, and so that's how like Boba Fett ends up getting put in into this animation. Yeah, he's like this main this this main thing, and it's really it's it's. I find that world awesome. Like I like the the whole nine minute sequence of them getting to this planet, and then like him riding this thing, and then them going to like this other town, which I find very much in the vein of like you know Judge Dredd or um, the Sleaze Brothers, like a comic book series from the eighties, like that you know that. 80s Blade Runner ish, yeah, it's dirty also, world. You it's know? also very much like some of the, um, you know, there's the episode where uh, a Firefly. Oh yeah, okay. where they go, and I think it might be when they 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 end up Mal ends up getting a casket with his friend, but Jane ends up opening his. They go to get their mail, basically. Jane gets the hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just like a marketplace, like very like fast moving. Yeah. It reminds me of that a lot too. But yeah, I mean Blade Runner esque. I mean it's that kind of futuristic Dirt, like fifth element but in the sense of like it's dingy and grunt yeah, grimy. Yeah. You know, and it's cool. And then like, you know, there's and you have Vader shows up in it and it's, you know, it's James Earl voicing Vader and then, you know, and then and uh you you have Mark Hamill voicing his lines. You have uh, Harrison Ford voicing lines there too, doing ADR work. Yeah. And then it's it's you know nine minutes, and then it's like it's uh, you know uh, Boba Fett makes his escape, and then that's the end of him. But it's kind of like he's a mysterious character. We find out he's a bounty hunter. It sets it up. Uh, you don't know who side he's on because he's helping them. He's helping Vader. Yeah. But then he says, "We'll see you later, my friends." No. There's a classic line which he says like, uh, um, we'll "See you soon, my friends." Or uh, I forget. There's a line, but it, catch it's, on the flip side. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you soon, assholes. But he says a very famous line that like people now think. And then, it, it, I think in 2007 or so, what we what we see end up happening is that they do release a toy. I think um, I, I don't know if it's Kenner or somebody releases that look as a toy. Yeah, you know, of his look as that in, in the because you know his his he's kind of like blue. Uh, he's a little different looking in this than he is in the um, what he ends up ultimately being mm-hmm. visually. Yeah. I mean, aesthetically, it's the exact same suit, but just the color wise are a little yeah. more green. I mean, it's or, a know. cartoon rendition yeah. of it. So the, you know, so we have that in the middle of this, you know, and it, it's and, and it's, he's voiced by an actor named uh, Don Franks, yeah. who. He's one of those guys when you look up his IMD page. He's got a million credits. He's, yeah, he's been in every television stuff. show from the 60s into the 70s. Ended up started doing a lot of voice work. He voiced a lot of the stuff that this company did. You know, yeah, he, um, like uh, Mad Balls. They when they did the Mad Balls cartoon show yes. in the 80s. They, and he that got company start, like, did a, that. He got like a start on vaudeville. So it's like you know he's an older guy by this point. You know when he's doing all this. A lot of those guys. It's like the gentleman who. But I he's can't, like in. He's in like My Bloody Valentine as yeah. a sheriff. It's like <laughs> he's I in all kinds of shit. The, the darn guy who we 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 talk about in Never Ending Story who did like the voice of like uh, Falcor and yeah, the, yeah. that guy who sh- ends up 
showing up in the Ghostbusters cartoon, not the real Ghostbusters, but the other. He, he's the bad guy. You blithering don't like. You, know, you get a lot of these older actors who once get they get comfortable and they you know that's that's the, how they retire. They just do voiceover work, and he's one of them. So yeah, and it ends up being a really interesting segue in the middle of this special. You have this little. I love it. Oh, I thought it's great. I love the look. I mean, I'm a sucker for. Uh, it, you know, there's this weird thing where like. I, I, I'm not necessarily, you know, there are people that like, just like cartoons. And, you know, I think we had this discussion when we did Tombstone where I was like, I, you know, I don't just like, you know, to me it's, I, I judge everything kind of the same. I either like it or I don't like it. I don't, I'm not, I wouldn't, you know, like, you know, someone likes cartoons. I think, you know, you, I think you tend to be that way. And it's not, and it's not a, a wrong thing. I think I'm probably in the, in the more weird area where like you're a Western fan and you like animated movies. And yeah. to me, it's like, I like, I judge them all. Like I, it bothers me to no end. I don't know why I, I realize it's kind of illogical, but it bothers me to no end that there's a, an animated movie, uh, category in the Oscars now. Because it's like, why? The, it should be judged on the criteria that every other movie is judged on. Yeah. Like, it should just, it's a movie. It, it's like, funny you say that because I just watched a, uh, an American Experience documentary on Walt Disney. Great documentary if everyone's get it that came on on PBS. And they talk about, like, he went through all that trouble, which we, we talked in one of the Disney casts we did about him getting Snow White done. And, like, he, he you know, he, he not fooled them all, but he showed them all. Like, yeah. look, I can do an a serious animated movie that's going to make people cry as opposed to make people yeah, laugh. Yeah. He got it done. And then that year, he, he, he thrilled and surprised everybody. He had Clark Gable crying in the premiere. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know, he's like, I did it. And then what happens is the Oscar. Well, there's like, you know, there's people that, you know, love everything Pixar. And to me, it's like, you know, it's okay. I don't be, I'll point things wrong. I'm like, well, what do you want? It's a cartoon. I was yeah. like, yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a, but no, it's not just a cartoon. It's a movie. <laughs> yeah. But with this, with this. And so I, so I have, a, I have a deep love for animation. Well, let me let me finish my point. So Disney that year, the Oscar nominations come out, and he doesn't get nominated. Yeah. And he's like, and they give him like an honorary award, you know, yeah, for yeah. best good good work. And he's like, fuck that. <laughs> it should be nominated, like you're saying, alongside. It's a body of work. Why yeah. should it be just like the special kid award? You know, yeah, you, yeah. You, you get to carry the flag, you know, or something like. So yeah. it's like I agree with you. Yeah, you're right. It should. I mean, maybe if it's like a short film. Yeah, well, short has a category. Yeah, and it should like you know an animated short should be they should a short film should be yeah yeah who cares because then well, it, medium it is to me you get like uh, granted animation is not necessarily a genre because it can it's it's different because you know you can have an animation that's a horror or a, adult or children or, yeah, or comedy or whatever or any kind of genre but yeah to me it's like you can start getting into the weird things where it's like best western of the year best comedy of the year yeah. <laughs> so I, i'm a little bit picky when it comes to that kind of stuff and and to me it's i like the movies i like and so there's animated stuff i love i'm a huge i still to this day i said one of my favorite directors of all time was chuck jones yeah who you know wasn't known for doing features? He did he did shorts. He did yeah. animated shorts, but I think they're brilliant. And so he's one of my favorite filmmakers. Well, they, um, that, that's something that they teach too. Like when you go to film school, go check out like stuff like Chuck Jones because you'll see ways you never thought of, like of shooting a scene or placing oh, yeah. a camera. You well, know, that's, that's the that when you're yeah. when you're learning about directing, they do uh, encourage you to watch animation because that's one of the only places where there's no limitations because you can draw it anywhere. The camera can, the quote unquote camera can be anywhere in an yeah. animation. So like you not, you don't, it, it helps you start to develop an idea of like thinking outside the box so that you could develop, kind of develop your own visual style. But so I do love animation. 
but I wouldn't say that I'm like a diehard animation fan. Uh, but this is definitely the kind of like weird looking, like I'm like, I like a lot of the Ralph Bakshi stuff, like that seventies. And then when you get into that, like rotoscoping in the seventies of like fire and ice, which is also yeah, very yeah, long, yeah. has pacing issues. And the Lord of the Ring movies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but it's like, uh, there's something yeah. about that, that yeah. look and that feel that even though it's kind of before my time, yeah, I feel very nostalgic for there's it. There's a really weird, um, since you're talking about rotoscoping, there's a really weird short video, with, and I forget the name of the song, that of all people, Tom Waits did a song of his, and they rotoscoped it, and they credit it. It's not the first rotoscoping ever done, of course, but it's the first rotoscoping they did for that company that did the American Pop or the Lord of the Ring movies. Yeah, and they yeah. shot this video. I think it's like Annie's Back in Town or something like that. And it's a rotoscoped video of him like against a light, light post and a girl comes up and she's like teasing him and he's with a cigarette. And it's like, yeah. and that was like a style back then. And like, I love rotoscope shit like I, yeah. I that's like well, you, even, know, you know a lot even disney used some of it yeah you know? yeah they used that back in the day you know even like or you have like from uh, filmation did it with like he-man and stuff like that it's it was a it was a it was a good way to do it to make you know, things look semi-realistic you know there's that series of uh the like the serials the superman serials yeah the Fleischer. not not like the george reeves ones and not the and not the fleischer cartoons okay. but there was a live action one yeah um, the, the ones that were the shorts that were like in the theaters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Where you know, it would be a live action guy, and then we would go take off. Yeah, he turned into a, a suddenly cartoon. he would turn into like a rotoscope cartoon. Yeah, and, but and it was seamless though, and it was that's so awesome. Yeah, looking. it was seamless, and then they would even like, to this day I watch. It, I'm like, holy fuck, that is such an awesome idea. Like visually, it's so yeah, fucking and it, cool. And it was black and white, so you couldn't really tell because I mean, I think Keller would give it away a little more, but like yeah, black yeah. and white, he, yeah, he just jumps, and then all of a sudden it's rotoscoped into a, and it happens so quick you can't even really tell. Yeah, yeah. And it's like it's fucking awesome. You know? it You're is, right. You know, it is really. And then he lands. like da da. It was kind of genius. Yeah, at the time. It's, it's, you know, that. as opposed to like when we were talking about the Rocketeer a couple months ago, like with the Rocket Man serials, they just put like a dummy on like a string in this. Yeah. You know, that kind of looks like the a rocket. Th- yeah, the rocket. Where is the rocket? God bless him. <laughs> so we, uh, uh, Rondo Hatton reference. So we get back to not even, yeah, not even a reference to a Rondo Hatton. Yeah, reference. a reference to a Rondo Hatton reference. <laughs> Luthar. Um, so we get back to the other half of this of the special, and we have another appearance by Harvey Cor- Corman, and this time I think he's doing a. Um, Oh, what the hell? See, you're right. It's like I a can't. commercial. Is it the commercial he does? He's like doing a commercial for that thing that the kid ends up building. Yes, okay. So it, Unfortunately, there are parts of it where it's like you just kind of start to daydream. It's like or poor, you, you know, I you mean, can tell he's like, th- these guys are putting their all into it. It's just like, just these jokes aren't hitting. And then we have, it goes to the uh, t- life and Tatooine scene, and they're in the canteen, cantina. and I found this part kind of confusing. Uh, the Tatooine. Life you mean in, Tatooine. in the... In the, uh, in the, uh, in the, in the, like, in what the, is it? Like, what are they watching? Because it's like, at first, I'm like, okay, it's some kind of weird, like, Tatooine soap opera. Yeah, but then it's really her. She, but then it's like, then the Empire comes on. It's like, we're putting on a, you know, a curfew. Oh, and then they have to leave too. So it's all, and all yeah. of a sudden, it's like, I hear, like, in the beginning, I'm like, okay, life, like, you know, like, what, I don't know. It's like a live reality show. Yeah. <laughs> 
They're watching yeah. a live reality show. And who knew that B. <laughs> Arthur <laughs> of Tatooine? But at first, I just assumed because it was the seventies. I, I figured it was like Days of Our Lives. Yeah, on Tatooine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, life on Tatooine. But it's actually like, yeah, it's like a live reality show, and it's like B. Arthur runs the, the cantina. But the explanation is hilarious because the explanation is like, we're going to bring you now to life on Tatooine. It's basically the explanation is something like, so that you can feel better about your own life because you realize how shitty Tatooine yeah, these, these people are and what they're dealing with. <laughs> And we go to the yeah. very bar that we know and love from the first movie. Yeah. So yeah. apparently she's like the owner or yeah. bartender. B. Arthur. Um, I think she's like, I felt like she's the owner. She's like, she's like pre-Guinan from like, you know, yeah, 10 yeah. forward. She's playing the whoopee, yeah, you yeah. know, gold. She's like, fucking drink up yeah. so you can buy more drinks, you asshole. Yeah. She's like real, really into the freaking thing. And she's got all these one-liners that are hilarious. Yeah. I'll talk. If you're going to talk, get me talk about getting a drink. And, you know, she's real hard. Then you have Harvey Corman's third appearance and this really freaked me out i have this weird um i don't know i have this weird thing about uh, like you know the, the idea of like you know like the eyeball in the hand or you know where stuff doesn't belong and then when yeah, he's pouring yeah. stuff in his mouth's in his head it scares me yeah. <laughs> so, he has a he has like a volcano head yeah so he pours but his that's where he drinks from head. he doesn't drink through his mouth he pours liquid into the top yeah of his and head. It's, it's and how they did it it must have been stan winston again it works so yeah. and you know she's looking cool she's got the long hair and then you know, like she's she's trying to deal with this very cantankerous crowd, and we have the original band. This dun 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 dun. Yeah, they're there, and all the characters. Everybody's everybody's there. That's when she he calls she calls even Guido. like Hammerhead and Guido. She's talking to <laughs> yeah Guido. She calls Guido. The pole, I think the 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 walrus guy is in there. Everybody. She calls Guido. Uh, uh, what I say, Ludlow, and then she's talking to the Hammerhead too. Everybody shows up. Everybody's there, and then like the Empire says curfew. Everyone's got to fucking go home, and then well, she serve their kind. Then you realize how dangerous this is for a woman like that because no one's listening to her so she she breaks into this song which suddenly yeah basically the empire comes on says curfew everybody's leaving because she's, like, she's trying to tell everybody like and nobody I'm, wants to go they all start like fucking banging they're like and then you realize she's these you know this is a, this is a pretty like you know people of dying they're haven of whatever <laughs> it's a den of ill repute with people who do in the parsec uh, you'll be dead there's the way uh yeah <laughs> uh, alec guinness says it yeah yeah well he's so a lot of uh or most Eisley. It's the, uh, you know, whatever. I mean, yeah, he says, when, so, he, when uh, he walks into the thing, he's like, But yes. even, like, when they're looking at it, he calls it, like, the, he calls it something. It's like the den of the computer walk in, or something. He's like, I don't, my friend doesn't like you. And I don't like you either. <laughs> so she's trying to get him all to leave, and she breaks into the song. And what's the song called? You can't, you don't need to leave. Uh, it's just. Good don't, night, but, don't but not, goodbye. not goodbye. And it is completely misplaced in this, but I loved it. And it's written for her for this, and I guess that's why she agreed I mean, to she do doesn't it. have the best voice ever. But I, I no, agree but that I like the song, because what they do is... It's like a Kurt Vile, like Reaper Bond, like that German... It's like that... You know, it's like it's like the you know like uh, fiddler on the roof, like that 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 yeah, that, yeah. that you know. It's like it's like but what one of those. they do brilliantly is they slow down. They slow down the Cantina band song. Yeah, and she she starts singing over. And it. and so when she's not singing, like the little fills in between when you're singing are the are the melody yeah. of the Cantina song. But they are, it's they, kind of like this brilliant. They arrange it into this like three penny opera, like Kurt Vile kind of like you know uh, like like a Jewish folk. Yeah, yeah, you know that ethnic. You know we've got to ding the time da 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 ding da da. You know and it, and I loved it. And like you said, she doesn't have the best voice, but she's doing her all. She got yeah. nice. She looks great with the long hair. And it's compl- who knew that they had this ethnicity on Tatooine? 
<laughs> no, just... I agree. It's a good song. Even like watching it, I was like, you know what? I should maybe cover this song with my band. Yeah, I was like, like, I was... like my own because I love that the in, in in between the verses, it's like you need to do it. You need to find like a like I almost felt like she needed like an accordion. Like this is gonna be like Marlena Dietrich up there, like or like eat a peed off, like one more time. But it was a brilliant way to arrange the the familiar cantina song that we know. Yeah. Into like this more ethnic, like you're saying, this like oompa. Yeah, like the whatever you call that, you know, that Jewish folky kind of a. Uh, I'm sure there's a name for it, that yeah. Russian pre-war, you know, uh, Ottoman yeah. Empire. You know, I so. agree. I agree. I like this song a lot. Probably, so it's probably. hilarious that we're finding all these. We're like, this was great. <laughs> this is great. You know. Well, that's the thing. I mean, that's why I said I kind of prefaced it that we're probably going to be the only people that ever like discuss this with any kind of like, you know love for it we gotta, I, yeah because I mean, you, like, you have, like yes it's what's the point of sitting here and like just like pointing out the same flaws that everybody like yeah okay it's flawed you know like we agree like the, the pacing of this yeah, thing they, but they wanted to sell it, toys they know, wanted like, to keep it in they the, could make this it they could do this story in half the time yeah it, this is an hour <laughs> too long i completely agree <laughs> You know, it's it's totally an hour too long, but okay. That's this is what this is the hand we're dealt. But watching it, like I, you know, like you said, like you, there's there's stuff about it that that is genuinely good. It's fun, and, and know, or at the very at the very least, fucking weird. Yeah. And as I've stated, I'm which sure on becomes this, intriguing on this cast. Weird goes a long way with yeah. Me. And you know what? You know, it, like the porn HG <laughs> and and. Uh, 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 if you if you take away the porn aspect for a minute of this of this, of this Christmas special, I have to say I I see where they're going with this. This yeah, was yeah. for me. It's like a warm. I may watch this again at some point. Like I mean, I'm not every year. This ain't gonna become like my freaking Charlie Brown Christmas special. Yeah, yeah. But it's like I I I understand what they were going for. It's warm. I find. I mean, maybe because I like Art Carney, Harvey Corman, and B. Arthur. Like I find like I find like. You know, I find like it's like it's like comforting. You see, it's like old friend. You sit this on. It's fun. It's nice that others worlds like I this. I will admit, it is very odd casting, completely to put these people, these actors. And I think they even thought like, why are you casting? <laughs> okay, if you what? want Star Wars, Star what? Yeah, I mean, B. Arthur even says like, you know, I didn't. I only did it because she said like her youngest daughter at the time was such a fan of you know of yeah, the yeah. first Star Wars movie. She said, sure, I'll do it. You know. But that's how things happen, you know. What I mean, yeah, it is. Look, it is, that's how Willy Wonka got made. Dude. You know, they was who was I forgot the director said like you should go do this book. Yeah, that rolled yeah. and that's how we wouldn't have had Willy Wonka, the, yeah. the the Gene Wilder movie had not go check out our Willy Wonka podcast. Yeah, yeah. If 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 that producer's daughter or the director's daughter was not like I like this Roald Dahl book, do this, Daddy. Yeah, I mean it's or even the same thing with we talked about Night Stalker, Dark Shadow, same thing. Yeah. The kid was like, if you're the eight year old's like, if your soap opera is uh, dying, put vampires. In that. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, <laughs> come here. Why'd you put a vampire in yeah, that? Yeah, in that in that soap opera. It's the it, for all its flaws, and we're not even through it yet. Uh, talking about it, it is fucking bizarre. Yeah. It is it is weird. It is a time capsule like no other thing, and for that reason alone, I, I find it very 
entertaining and interesting. Um, and so the, uh, the, the B. Arthur. So the B. Arthur song again. The, the scene seems very long to me, yeah. but I'm with you. I like the song. I was even like, I wonder if I should cover the song with my band. Well, well, like, who it. the hell would understand? Well, I think you, you need to get someone. Ac- <laughs> that's like you have someone come in who's an accordion player or a violinist, and they'll play that play up that ethnic part for just. We're gonna have uh, you know like uh, I don't know Joe Schmack come up and he's gonna play. <laughs> You know, already, already, you know, shoemaker, and he's gonna yeah, come up yeah. and do this, and then you do the song, and I bet you no one will get. The I reference. mean, the other, the rest of it, whatever. There's the, the you got the asshole. What kind of wraps up there? Were they're still stormtroopers? The, the stormtroopers are get still in the house. into leaving from the kid. I mean, I don't even know how. Yeah, the, the stormtroopers are still in the house. Then all of a sudden. Uh, they come back and there's a fight that ensues. Then all of a sudden, Han and and Chewie yeah, well, show up. most of the most of the stormtroopers leave because the kid tricks them with the toy that he sees Harvey Corman building. Yeah, he ends up using it to have the voice like report back to base immediately. Report back to base immediately. Yeah, so no. majority of the people leave except for one trooper stays to kind of stand watch. And the kid fucks it up and it keeps it goes on a loop and he's like, what? And he hears it upstairs and yeah, he goes yeah. up and discovers it and that's when. Han shows up yeah. with Chewbacca. They go to out. The they day. go outside to the deck. Yeah, the front, the front porch of this treehouse. Who knows how fucking high up? It's thousands of feet high. And at the beginning of the the, the special, the kid goes outside because he's a little pissed off as a little kid he's does. And walking he's walking on the railing. Yeah, just we, like a little kid would. Yeah, <laughs> looking down. He's like, he's like, it's like five times the size of the Empire State Building. Who knows how high this? When tree I was is. little, my grandmother owned a uh, a motel yeah. in Wildwood, New Jersey, and next to the hotel, she also owned this house which was split up into, like, units. Um, so there was front doors in several places. There was an upstairs unit. There was a downstairs unit. So you could have, like, four families living in a house that had a kitchen and stuff, not just the motel. Yeah. And one floor was always just, like, nobody ever lived in. That was where we stayed when we went. Um, but from the top floor, there was, like, this awning roof thing. And me and my cousin, we're talking, like, five years old, used to jump off the roof of that house. Wow. <laughs> onto the lawn which now and as an adult doesn't seem that high you know you could probably like almost you could probably almost reach like the gutters of it but when you're a little kid and you're only like four feet tall yeah that's huge you know it's a it's a big drop yeah yeah. and so like kids do stupid things so so him like walking on the railing of like (laughs) this tree but we, I was like, ah, oh, fuck it. Kids are so stupid. But then we find out how <laughs> how like fragile that railing is because like I think Han or either Han or Chewie punches the storm guard. <laughs> ah! You get the Wilhelm scream. <laughs> ah! It's like, whoa. That wasn't yeah. safe. That's it, not there at all. It's for one of those things where, uh, you know, they tried not to, you know, it's like the, the, the shot. Like, it's like the Han shooting first thing. They try not to make it. The, that he just like killed this guy, but it's like they something happens and the the gun gets dropped and this guy just like falls through the it falls through this railing. yeah the balsa wood railing <laughs> and he just and falls, falls to his death he just falls to his death and then you get Han that and, Wilhelm scream yeah this guy just like completely falls Han and Chewie walk in the family's like oh like you know like worried that it's the stormtroopers and Han's big line after this is like it's okay everybody he's gone yeah. <laughs> And then oh, immediately they get a call from their superior, and Art Carney's like, I know how to play this. And Art Carney's like, uh, you know, he, he just robbed me for all, and he took off, and, uh, you know, that's the end of it. And they're going to be like, okay, completely believable. Thanks very <laughs> all much. All right, Art Carney. Thanks, Art Carney. And away we go. You know, so it's like, okay. And then it's really weird to think, like, you know, Harrison Ford, Art Carney, all hanging out. And then they, they, then we have the yeah. ending sequence of the Well, it's the worth, life before the, just because we're going to get to the ending sequence where everybody is, it's just worth mentioning in a very, in a little fucking, like, side note. 
that we're introduced to Luke and Leia and Art and C three PO like earlier oh, yeah. in like like Mala's looking. She's calling all She's his worried. friends. Yeah. Like where the hell is my husband? Yeah, where's my husband? You are drinking with my husband and she calls yeah, she So calls she calls Leia, Luke and Luke's yeah. there with R2 and he's like, like oh, he's not here yet? Well maybe it has to do with Blockade. It's and a that's even that's even really awkward. He stands up, he's like, Hi. What? <laughs> and then Leia is like, he's not there yet. So we do it. We see Luke and Leia uh, on the on the wall screen, in, you know, on the wall screens. So at the very end, they all end up showing up and they have the sequence of like the actual Life Day festival. So life, yeah, Life Day happens. It's, it's Life Day. And it is like, what? And I think they realize. <laughs> what is this? They realize they, they ran out of budget. They have no more money for the budget. They don't know yeah. what to do. And as well as to have as many Wookiees as they want, they don't have the the, they don't have the costumes, so I think have, yeah, that's, they just basically ran out of money. Yeah, so I think they realized, fuck it, we'll put them all in red robes. It's going to look very much like Log- the end of Logan's Run, <laughs> where they're going to that carousel, and then they're going to use like the licensed Wookiee masks that are probably in the stores. Yeah, yeah. and they're all long shots, and then they just do kind of like you know late seventies, eighties TV trickery with like double exposure, where you see all these yeah. different. It's like you know, r- rudimentary like green screen. Yeah, and they're walking blue, all around. Blue screen back then. Yeah, and they're walking like you know you see all these Wookies walking around in robes, and they start this sequence. Well, what happened? Yeah, it's it is it is out there, which is another reason why I love this thing because yeah. it is so bizarre. Well, the, I like the idea. For me, it's like I get life. It's cool life. Like then Leia shows up, and then well, they're all there before they even get there. Like the they get in a line and they walk through space. Yeah, they walk up this weird. It's like they're it's like they're keep so- Christmas with you <laughs> all through. And it's like they all. But go. they're not. There's no land. No, it's that's like why they're like, walking yeah. through space and to avoid towards a bright yeah. star. And they walk into. I mean, it's you have it's you have to see it. It's to it's, it's, it. it's real far. Out. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I feel like Chong could be describing this. Yeah. And, 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 hey, man. And then they're going to walk through his breeze, man. <laughs> and then they walk towards the star. And it goes. And when they get there, all their loved ones are there, man. Hey, give me that. Let me hit that, man. Let me hit that. <laughs> so, so this is like this, uh, you know, like a parade. What do they call it? Like a... Like a ceremony, a yeah, but yeah. like you know, well, there's, a, there's a word for it where well, they walk and they go and they enter this star. And when they get there, they're like in their kind they're of they're at the li- they're at the, the living tree, yeah, the, the life, tree, tree of life, life, tree of life, tree of life, yeah, tree of life, very much like the songs of Kia Life, Stevie Wonder album thing. So they get to the tree of life, but the tree of life is like in this. You know, weird trans-dimensional Yeah, it's weird. They're like in this cavern tunnel, and then they said at the end of it, we had no fucking money. We didn't know what to do, so the director's like, go get candles. Yeah, go buy every candle you can find in like Burbank, and they then they they realize doing. He said, I think he did like you said television, but we did like a Victor Borg special where he said it's very effective if you could just put fucking candles around in a black soundstage, (laughs) it's gonna look great. Yeah, just looks like stars. You know, it's like twinkling stars. And it was cool. I mean, and yeah, and and I think it's very effective for what they're trying to do. And so you have all these. Who knows what. they were trying yeah. to do. You but have it, like it is makes a fucking weird. You have like sequence. every Wookiee from like uh, Kashyyyk there in these red robes, and then all of a sudden, this is where I get funny. You have the entire original cast show up, uh, w- with the exception of Alec Guinness. You have like Han R two D two shows up. You have um, Leia shows up. You L- have L- Luke, Luke, Luke shows up, and then which is funny to me is like Leia starts like talking about like thank you for inviting us, and then she starts to like. She starts to like address the the Chewbaccaans and Wookiees, and she's like, "It's good." So it's like it's like our foreign dignitary. You take Obama, say, going over to like England, 
and saying like, thank you for inviting us here. It is so nice to be part of your ceremony. Let us all cheers. But then she starts singing a song and it's like, it's almost like, again, you have like Obama starts singing like, long, like God fear the <laughs> queen. It's like, why is Leia singing their song? Is it awkward? Are they like, why is this bitch singing? <laughs> Like, is she supposed to sing yeah, the song? Yeah. Is that part of the ceremony? Or is it like one of the situations where the suspension of disbelief is that, like, she's singing the song in the scene? I'm, I think, I'm overthinking this. Yeah, yeah. Well, she does kind of give, like, the life she gives, like, day speech. Yeah. And then she starts singing the song. And then she song. sings the life day song, which is set to the theme of the Star Wars, kind of. Yeah. Another, like, another instance where they rearrange. It's like the, uh, remember Star Trek, the original series, it had lyrics to that. You know, Star Trek, <laughs> up and down the world. It's like she starts singing these. Yeah, yeah. And she sings this whole number. And, and you know, we know, you know, which, uh, you know, Carrie Fisher had some very crazy times in, yeah, in those times. Well documented. I don't think she's wearing a bra, you know, and, this, and, and she looks, her eyes are like, her pupils are like black as a bucket of tar. You know, so it's like, who knows what she's, and she does this. And, she you know, sings the song, yeah. Yeah, and it's very long-winded, and it's. So we have the, we have the Life Day uh, ceremony. Yeah, and then it's like it cuts to Chewbacca, close up with Chewbacca, and he starts to remember his adventures with his friends, and it sums up the film. And it gives like a quick, you know, like montage thirty second of like montage. The original film. You, you get to see all those things you loved, like the you know the hollow de- the hollow deck, the hollow chest, the, um, <laughs> the hollow deck. Yeah, you see the hollow. You see Moriarty trying to get off the hollow deck. He's calling like bridge or what is it? What do you call the arch? He's calling for the arch. And then you have like you know like Guinness is there and everybody shows up and you have the Death Star and Vader and so it's like it's definitely because it's it's like a like it has this close up of Chewbacca it's like Chewbacca's like his his like life day remembrances yeah. are like remember that crazy fucking adventure we just had? yeah that shit was crazy and then but I I get what life day is life day basically it's cool it's it's for me it's very forward thinking like today you know you have a Christmas you have Rosh Hashan or you have Hanukkah or you have uh, your Kwanzaa it's just it's for everybody, and I, f- I find that very forward-thinking in 77. Them just, let's have, like, a li- you're celebrating life, being alive. Everybody can be part well, of I that. Mean, yeah, you I know? mean, it's, but it's, it's interesting because, like I said, uh, you know, in, when we were talking about the stoner aspect of it, it, the way it's presented, it's like it's very much, you know how, like, you know, if you believe in heaven or yeah. whatever, the idea is, like, people will explain it's, you know, heaven is like you go there and everyone you love is there. Yeah. Like that's totally what like life day is. Is like you walk, you go to, you walk the sky into the star, <laughs> into the star. When you get there, like all your friends and family are there to greet you. So it's very like yeah, it's, it's very, out there. It's yeah. very like metaphysical. And then we go to a commercial break, and then we come back, and like the final shot is like everyone's left, and it's the Wookiee Chewbacca family around the table, Having and their they're life day feast. Yeah, they're about to say prayer, but they have these little balls, and the balls of I don't know what the balls are, and they go down to pray or sing to the ball, and then the yeah, you like you said, they're about to eat, and then that's the end of it, and it's like Star Tours, <laughs> fucking Star Tours. Yeah. So so this thing aired, and um, they say that like the first hour. It, it, it ranked number two behind the Love Boat, which was on the Rival Network, and then after the animated sequence with uh, Boba Fett, Boba Fett it, the, the ratings had dipped. Dropped. So you know, you know, it didn't even live up to expectation after all that. I know. Interesting. And then everybody bowed and bad mouthed it. You know, I like again. We've already said why. I, I kind of I think that's kind of bullshit. What Lucas is saying now. Yeah, He's like blaming. Lucas is going to bail on it. And yeah, then and then, then balls the to balls to make fun of it, and then he never even met the the second director that came in. You know, they never even. You know, so it's like, 
you know, and then I understand the problems that the, the regular actors had that like Harrison didn't want to do it and all that, but it's like, come on, man. No, I was just, I, I come on, man. talking to a friend of mine, uh, this guy I work with named Dave, mm. not the Dave we usually talk about. Some other guy named Dave. Dave's not here, man. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, He's a, he's a little bit older than us, and yeah. I was explaining to him that I, you know, we're, we were going to watch this. You said like, happy life day to him. I was like, we're going to watch the Star Wars holiday special. And his reaction was like, what is wrong with you? Really? And I, and I was, <laughs> he's like, what are you doing it for the podcast? And I was like, yeah. He's like, all right, all right. And uh, so Dave, and if he listens to this, little shout out, his story is, uh, it aired, he was six years old. Yeah when it aired and he was so excited about it because he was like yeah he's like you know we had a whole year of star wars mania yeah of course and then this thing was coming on and i was like i was so excited for it six years old and it started and he just like was was a thud you know it just it was a it well just, that first you oh you open with fucking the you know the daily life at the, of the fucking <laughs> 20 minutes it's just uh <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, so Dave is like us, uh, and so Dave did a cut of it where like he he trimmed it down to like twenty minutes. Really, <laughs> you know something I would totally do. Yeah. It's like you know, like when we were in college, I took the Evil Dead movies and I chopped off the beginnings and ends and I put them all spliced together. It. it was like yeah. a six-hour Evil Dead movie, you know, just uh, for shits and giggles. So Dave has like a twenty or thirty-minute version of this where he fucking got right to the meat of it. <laughs> And did he keep in the cartoon? And, he, and he's like, you know, it's good. It's actually good when you cut it down that way. If, if he cuts it down to 20 minutes or so, and then if the cartoon's still intact, that's, that's nine minutes. Yeah, he only I don't has know nine minutes the, of it. Well, the cartoon kind of stands on its own. So oh, I think he, he just kind of cut out all the bullshit. So it's just like the story of, yeah. you know, the Wookiees. And, no and dance sequences. <laughs> yeah, none, none of the songs, none of that. So this has never seen the light of day again. This only aired once, never aired re-aired. One time. Um, there's no copies of it ever. I mean, this became notorious, as everyone knows, in bootlegging people in the 80s you know you had bootleg tapes and tape generate you know bootlegs of bootlegs and all that that's how i first saw it and um it'd be cool i mean we did it's amazing to think where did that tape where did those tapes come from it must have been the original airing you know, know or it was like 78 that's you know, some really forward thinking like people, people betamax yeah taping because there's there's you can go on youtube and find ones with the original commercials in there and there's even a joke like a family guy joke where they say like i don't know there's like someone teases like or not Family Guy, South Park. South like Park, yeah. Frizzy Fries at 11 or something. I forget what it was, the line, yeah, but yeah. that's even that a was, joke. That was from the commercial. I mean, like I watched that. one of the commercials, and it's like, uh, Russia tests a neutron bomb. And I'm like, what the fuck is a neutron bomb? <laughs> <laughs> and, and the woman says, like, the woman's like, they test a neutron bomb, and it only kills humans, not the environment. News at 11. It's like, holy shit. <laughs> gotta, I gotta watch that. Yeah, I don't even know what that is. And there was something other famous because someone else... Um, Something else happened, uh, like there was, a, there was a ruling. But a lot of people don't, also, if, if you're a history buff, people don't realize the next day being Saturday is the day that Jonestown happened. Yeah. And so that, you know, stole the headlines for everybody that freaking, uh, what's his face? Um, uh, b- 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 David, um, uh, I want to say David Koresh, but it's not David Koresh. Jim Jones, uh, you know, c- uh, killed everybody uh, with his Kool-Aid. For all you people that aren't familiar with the 
J- the Jonestown oh, thing. That's a, a that's, whole that's other. a whole other thing. But I think that it's for for pop culture references, just to put it in perspective. Oh, drinking the Kool Aid. The drink when you yeah. hear the phrase "drinking the Kool Aid," yeah, it's the it, they're referencing the Jones. The, yeah, the the, the Jonestown. Almost thing. a thousand people committed suicide, but a lot of it is speculation if it is suicide or not, or they were kind of forced. But anyway, that happened that Saturday, so everyone forgot after, about the Star yeah, Wars. Yeah. I mean, this this originally aired a week before Thanksgiving, and then. This is very. F- and the Jones something was. Cr- I mean, bes- uh, yeah. suicides aside. Yeah, it was. There was like news guy. There was a news guy there, and he was getting shot at. Yeah, I mean, it was like it was a I, I know crazy. A, I know a lot about it because I, I I worked with a gentleman who actually had to go down there afterward, and he had to go down and identify because they had people who um, uh, he sponsored the senator to go down there because people got worried about we're getting too far into it, but people yeah, got yeah. worried about their families, so they sponsored the senator to go down, and the senator ended up getting killed with the news crew live on the tarmac. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it wasn't live, but it was live to tape, and then you know the footage survives. You can watch it, but the guy who got sent down there, uh, he had to go look because they had um, they had uh, spies or informants posing. So that he had to go around and try to find. They were wearing a necklace. Whoever the FBI, whoever yeah, was. Yeah. So he said he's down there. The body's been down there for thirty six hours, and he's turned over bodies. Anyway, happy holidays! Yeah, happy, yeah. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody! <laughs> so sadly, I don't think this movie. Getting back. But on anyway, class, so yeah. Well, that's another. If anybody historical day, significance, yeah. the, the, day, the day after this air, Joe's Jonestown goes down, and uh, so what well, we can get into that another day. But the point is. I don't think uh, this will ever see the light of day. I'd love for it to be an Easter egg, but if you think if Disney owns the property now and how awkward it'll be for young viewers to try to explain away what this goofy freaking... Yeah, you know I mean? I, it'll see the light of day at some point. At some point, I, I think it'll be like an Easter egg on yeah, like a special feature. Yeah, it'll feature. be on. I mean, they'll release it. I mean, how do you... Lucas should have yeah. just released it. He should have sucked it up and yeah. just released it as a special feature. Remastered One of these like, many you know, things. Well, what, he has to explain anything. As much as like everybody hates it... It's the 70s, man. Like, the are petitions for it to be released. So of as course. much as everybody's like, Yeah, but there's petitions for him to like release the original movies. You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, those I mean, are a little more important. But, I know, uh, but I mean, like, he's still not even listening to them. <laughs> so like, this is probably way down well, now on the list. Now that Disney owns it all, who knows? Yeah. Um, it would be cool to have this as like a, a feature on a Blu-ray for Star yeah, Wars. Yeah, like remastered or something. But like, and then I heard another urban legend that Lucas should go in and like redo all the special effects. <laughs> Imagine that. Like, really? Spend like a billion dollars yeah. with CGI. CGI the shit out of it. And it's Cartoon. Like all, you know, yeah, it's all it's all yeah, it's all computer animated. I heard that um, the uh, Congress they have the archives and like you know they are every year they pick films to archive or music to archive. Well, they also archive videos, and this was the first video they supposedly archived because it was like the first one they got their hands on. So supposedly there's a pristine copy of this <laughs> like of the holiday beautiful. special. In the uh, in the uh, you know government archives for all prosperity you know for those aliens when they come down to find it's uh, it's that's something. on that gold record <laughs> <laughs> that we sent up that Carter sent up <laughs> that space yeah and V'ger. Um, Uh you know it's been listed on a million lists of crappy things like David uh, Hofstede ranked it number one in his 2004 book uh, what were they thinking uh, the hundred dumbest events in television history. They ranked. He ranked this number one. It's on all kinds of lists that just kind of trash it. You can find endless amount of reviews of people reviewing it on YouTube. Yeah, where, I, they, where they just. I challenge our audience to try to find someone who halfway endorses it. Well, I mean, there's a website which is like. I mean, IMDb only gives it two out of ten. <laughs> there's like a Star Wars Holiday Special dot com or something like that where that guy's. There's a website dedicated. It's not like elaborate. Yeah. 
but clearly circa 2000 but clearly he loves it he you has know? an affinity for you it you know so there are there's a select few out there but the vast majority of things written about it review like you know vlog reviews of it are going to be people either just making fun of it or or just like kind of why bother it. yeah a lot of anger about this one. Yeah, and I can see why because it's kind of like a bait and switch. But what do you want? They're doing a, variety, a Star Wars variety show. I mean, you know, and at they the time, it's not like they did it yesterday. Yeah, yeah. It was in an era of variety shows. It was an era where they had a DC Comics uh, freaking Friars roast <laughs> hosted by Ed McMahon, which was complete schlock. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, ten years before that, you had Batman sixty six, which you know was. Yeah, I mean, look as. The beauty of Star Wars, yeah. one of the many things, beautiful things about Star Wars, the, is that it took itself seriously. There was no real camp involved. Today, like, even the effects-wise, like, aside aside from uh, the most recent effects that are dated, the actual effects of this thing are, from, for the most part, hold up really well. So the fact that, a, a, like, an absolute campy thing was made... I get it. Like it doesn't, it it doesn't feel like Star Wars. It's you know, it doesn't. It's not part of Lucas's what his vision for the series was. But for the people who were angered that like they tune in that night and they're expecting to get like a whole new Star Wars movie, I was really interested. Yeah, well, that's there's that. But I was really interested to to hear that my friend Dave said because he's six years old. Because I was like, like as a kid. I mean, it came out the year I was came out like two months after I was born. So. You know, like, you remember watching, you know, like, <laughs> but, so, but you know, you think, you know, you you try to put yourself in the shoes of like, if I was a little kid and I was just like gung ho about Star Wars, I just had a whole year being psyched about Star Wars. I got like the cardboard card yeah. for Christmas, which is like, you'll get, the- <laughs> you'll get the card, the toys soon. <laughs> you'll get the toys at some point, yeah. but for Christmas, you're just going to get this card it's that says cardboard. they're coming. Yeah. And <laughs> I owe you for toys for Christmas. Uh, reissued the summer of 78 you know huge yeah i'm just, only a year later <laughs> yeah yeah like one year later it gets reissued so i'm tr- i was trying to you know try to put myself in, like if i was a little kid and i had that i was into that hype would i have been crushed or as a little kid would i have just been excited yeah and been like because when you you watch kids like i'm sorry and you know as dion knows I own like Snoopy original art and yeah. shit like that. But you try to watch those Snoopy specials and they are fucking boring. Yeah. But as a kid, it's magical, you know, you know? So I wonder, I was very curious to be like, Oh, like Dave was saying he was six and I was like, okay, maybe he has p- perspective on it. But like, you know, it was, you know what? Nowadays you'll get it. It sucks. But when I was a kid, it was fucking awesome. He was like, no, nah, it sucked then. So <laughs> it's interesting to hear like a first eye account of it. It's hard. But like, I wonder like what, like, I've talked to people who I work with who, who are this who are of that age, and they say the same thing. They tuned in, and they're like, "What the hell is this?" Yeah, you know, a lot of people, the kids lost interest. It's they, they, you know, it's it's weird. I don't know that they look at it like it was going to be. I mean, when they did the original Charlie Brown Christmas, that wasn't that was like a hit and done, and they didn't know it was going to live forever. I mean, yeah, these things yeah. weren't thinking like this was going to air every year for the rest of eternity. So I wondered that they think this was going to have any staying power. Well, um, apparently you know, the writers, one of the writers talks about he did it because he was expecting that like every year he'd be getting a check for the rest of his life for like the Star Wars special, but it only ever aired that That's one time. That's a shame. That is a shame. <laughs> um, so I don't, I mean, I just, I, I think it gets a raw deal and it shouldn't, I mean, for, you know, for all the things it has going against it and just how it's been 
so unanimously panned and and just it's like what? you know when we leave it alone when man. we did deep red i gave my philosophy of watching an argento movie which is like you can't think about it yeah you just have to experience it you have to watch it it's a very it's a visceral experience you have to let an argento movie wash over you yeah and not think too hard about like the plot the logic of things just let it happen let just experience it and when it's done then decide whether you like it or not yeah i feel like you gotta have to watch this the same way you just have to put it on and just let like the complete oddness and i think of it. that's what we did i think we just we got we got completely relaxed you know we uh you know we, we we had a good copy of it we put it in and it just it just it just swept over us as completely painful as like the first 15 20 minutes of just like wookie home life with no with no english yeah is there's something about it that's like this is really weird yeah <laughs> but like i said it's like warm it's like oh it's kind of comfort they have our problems too <laughs> well they would, which is totally totally right yeah, and grandpa, there's you know <laughs> mom wants to make dinner well, and have the kid take kid out wants stuff. to have a cookie and grandpa wants to go <laughs> jack one off <laughs> in the corner with his virtual reality porn machine yeah and it's so, so it's just the problems we all have you know and, but there's kids everywhere so even the stuff where it's like you know it's like you know painful to watch that uh, that opening sequence for that long there is a part when you're watching it where you're like this it, it is amazing that this is going on so long <laughs> like, this is a real this is a real feat they are dedicated to the yeah. fact that this is going to go on for this long this aired on cbs <laughs> in place of the two hottest shows on tv wonder woman and, and the hulk so I, and in, in an alternate reality this could have been a ratings bonanza. I will admit, you said you'd never seen the whole thing before. I will admit that I probably have never seen the whole thing before either. I think I've gotten, uh, I think I've gotten almost through it. Yeah. I think I've gotten up to like be Arthur. Yeah. <laughs> and then just been like, I, I've tried. And but also, I think the problem too is that you know you you watch really like uh, degraded copies, very yeah, shitty. Yeah. You know, that's another thing when you're watching something. It's like you're watching like old 70s porn it's like you can't everything's just a blur and you're like, you know it's like when we did another a plug for an earlier show that nobody listened to <laughs> <laughs> but we digress <laughs> we did the, fan, the Roger Corman's Fantastic yeah War, yeah which is another movie that's like that was good <laughs> was yeah it was like oh it's cheesy no, and the effects are bad and but like you know what like I, f- I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, the, it was the an thing interesting was time. Amazing. It was an it was an amazing time capsule for 1992 yeah. or four, whenever the hell it came out. And they knew what they were doing, so they wrote the script around, not knowing knowing that they wouldn't have a big budget. It was very rog- smart, Roger Corman thinking. Put all the money in the thing suit. That's and, it. And for as cheesy as it was, totally fucking enjoyable. If you this, put that on in front of a kid, I like. I think a kid would. I mean, now a kid may be spoiled if you have yeah, a kid yeah. watching. But if you have a kid, you know, of the era, you put that on like it's like the Captain America movie yeah, yeah. from back then. Uh, with Red Skull, who's Italian. Which because it was on El Rey played. Oh, wow. <laughs> I haven't seen that all the so way So I got though. that baby all lined up like, for so whatever we get to that one. So it's like that, you know, I think a lot of these movies get raw deals and they shouldn't. Yeah, well, that's, that's what I'm saying. It's that you just, just, just experience, put, you know, check your attitude at the door. Yeah. You know, like an expectation. Just yeah. let it happen. This is going to be a very controversial episode of Saturday Night Sleepovers because I'm sure we're going to get some hate mail. People are going to be like, what the hell you? are you guys talking yeah, about? Yeah, I've lost all credibility for you guys. You lo- I lost all respect for you guys. But it's like, you know, I like I like my holiday specials. Uh, I we're like not saying specials. it's the most amazing thing ever. No, this thing, but, it's a wonderful life. <laughs> yeah. It's, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's a... It's flawed, but like... Yeah, what do you want for, for just, you know... 
for me, it was just about embracing the absolute like oddity that it is, like the absolute weirdness of virtual porn reality machines, you know, three holographic circuses. Uh, yes, the Circus Olay of 77 <laughs> a, or so. A really cool, like, cartoon. Uh, the fact that the Stormtroopers are such jerks. <laughs> Very Gestapo-esque. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're, they're just, just breaking kids' toys. Yeah, to tra- they, they only trash the kids' room. You know, grandpa's <laughs> rubbing one out to some virtual the reality. The fact that Art Carney and B. Arthur are even in it is yeah. amazing. Or Harvey Corman. <laughs> it is. Harvey yeah. Corman. I mean, you know, I mean, it's funny because you think also, too, Carney and and B. Arthur aren't really playing it for laughs. They're kind of semi-serious. Corman's there fucking... Yeah, he's the He's doing really. the Lord's work. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's doing... Aside from the last scene with B. Arthur, the first two, he's doing monologues. Yeah, he's yeah, up. Yeah. He's on stage alone like that, 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 that. Well, you know, what the hell am I even here? Yeah, the fact that you see that, like, Wookiee life is... You know, like, entertainment for them is watching uh, transvestite alien cooking with four arms. Yeah. You know, it's completely... It's just, it's absolutely bizarre. And because of that reason, I just was like totally into it. I mean, it's, it's something I, I definitely you do tend to drift because, like you said, the pacing. Yeah, it's very meta. You know, <laughs> you, know you kind of, it's hard to keep concentrated on it the whole time. It's like but a that's giallo. Part, but that's, yeah, exactly. It's part of the experience. Hey, you know, like, you, you get something to eat, you start talking about it during a, during a song sequence. You know, they start singing, you can start talking to your, your significant other about, did you pay that credit card bill? <laughs> <laughs> this reminds me. Do you, do you have that? Do we have any Jefferson Starship? Is there any reason why we should have any Jefferson Starship? You know, you know it's like that absolutely. Kind of, totally. Do you know who Diane Carroll is anyway? It's still, you know, it's like it, doesn't so, she sound like Shirley Bassey? Yeah, completely. You know, man. so it's you know, so, and it, it, it made me want to go watch Honeymooners and fucking Carol. <laughs> <laughs> and Maud and Maud, you know I love myself some Maud because Maud takes place in the town over from where I live, so I'm always on on oh, the lookout man. for Maud. Well, anyway, so, so yeah, Sleepover Stars. Uh, you we, have, we haven't done Sleepover Stars in a long time, <laughs> have we not? I don't even remember. <laughs> and recommendations, we haven't done that in a long time. Oh, I don't know. Let's see. Out of five buckets of pizza, uh, you know what? I'd give it three. I would too. I give it three Sleepover Stars. Yeah. It's solid. What do people want? <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with people? <laughs> <laughs> Blake's choking on some pizza. I mean, what, I mean, what the? What do you want for nothing? I mean, come on. I mean, you, you know, it's you're tuning in. You're getting. You know, it's holding you over to 1980 until until you get a, a, one of the best movies of all time. I know. Empire it's, Strikes Back. It's so, a little. It's a little appetizer. Yeah. If, if you if you thought this was bad, they surely redeemed themselves with Empire. You know. Yeah. Um, I mean, it certainly probably didn't hurt that we watched it. They're like. Three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, a, yeah, and it was a, Saturday, a good, it was a good on a copy. Saturday night. <laughs> yeah, for all you that want to watch it, we should add that it's on YouTube. Yeah, we'll 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 put, even put a link in. We'll put a link in, and we'll put in a link to the, even the original commercials. You can see how crazy they are um, at the time. But yeah, yeah you know what? I'm with you for all those you know, people that badmouth this. Yeah, what the heck? You know what? You, what, you, what, what why? Why hold look, on to all that hate? Look, I can see <laughs> if you're a star, if you're a Star Trek fan, okay, then you're bad mouthing because you don't like the Star Wars property. But if you're a fan of Star Wars, why are you bad mouthing? You know something that they came out with. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's what the heck? It is. It's what Christmas it is. time. <laughs> you just accept it. It's a holiday, and like I'm not gonna go maybe watch it every year, but uh, maybe every five years I will put that thing in and see. You know, have you ever seen this thing? Will we know? do this one again in a couple of years? Yeah, we'll do it again. <laughs> In 2020, we'll, we'll, we're at the, this is the 18th anniversary of it, so maybe in, in two years, in t- for the proper 20-year anniversary, we'll, we'll come back. Well, it's got to be more than 20. No, 78, 30. 
30 years. Yeah, 30 year anniversary. We're, we're at the Well, 40. 78. No, 70. It's you're the right. Same year I was born. Okay, so you're right. So, well, so, so we'll be celebrating my 40th, 40th birthday. Yeah, we're going to watch the holiday <laughs> special. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and then I don't even know where to begin with recommendations for this. I'm sure there's some great. Go check out the DC. You think this is bad? <laughs> <laughs> go go track down the DC. Uh, the, the two there's two of them. It's like that thing. It was like taste this. It's disgusting. Yeah, it's, it's just the, 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 no, no. Smell this. It yeah, smells. Awful. Yeah, it does. It goes, oh yeah, it does. It does. It does. Yeah. Like yeah, I just farted. Smell it. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's bad. Are you sure? No, no, yeah, man. You bad. gotta taste this. It's yeah. absolutely great. Yeah. If you think that's my recommendation, you think this is bad? Go go check out. Uh, you know, the freaking what do you call it? The uh, the DC Comics the DC of thing, yeah. uh, Friars Roast, hosted by freaking uh, Ed McMahon. I say, find that episode of The Muppet Show. Oh, with with, uh, with, Luke, with, with yeah, Mark, Mark Hamill. Hamill. Yeah, do a little do, do a little like a variety Star Wars thing. What the hell? That'd be great. Make a night of it. Yeah, and then see if you can find the Richard Pryor skit from the Pryor Show and the Ozzy and I was gonna say Ozzy and Harriet. <laughs> Uh, the Burns and Allen episode. The Burns and Allen episode. <laughs> hey, yeah, Josh. The Amos and Andy that has. <laughs> hey, Kingfish, did you see your... What's that, Sapphire? <laughs> oh, Chewbacca's coming down to land. <laughs> the thing now, yeah. The old uh, the Burns and Allen show. So, But yeah, check check out that. That's my recommendation. You think this is bad. Go check out that, <laughs> that, that, that roast. Yeah, man. Well, it was certainly... I'm glad we did it. It was certainly an experience. Yeah, that's it's, it's for Chris, sure. It's a Christmas thing. Oh, uh, you know, it's another, uh, you know, little another check check off the list of experiences. And uh, yeah, that was, to- I was, that was funny because I totally was thinking, I was like, this is probably going to be the first time. First of all, this is probably the longest anybody's ever talked about this thing. In this much detail. <laughs> and second, it's probably the only time two people sat around and talked favorably about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. We <laughs> challenge you to find somebody. Aside from this this wonderful website that this guy from whoever Clearly, knows. there are people that yeah. have a fondness for it. So but, uh, uh, maybe, we'll, maybe we'll make a list of, uh, yeah, and they like the Star Wars holiday special. <laughs> These two assholes. <laughs> These two jag-offs <laughs> like to do honey special. Jesus. And then, then there goes our credibility. So well, check, look. We're yeah. all about embracing. Yeah. We're not about hate. Yeah, man. Yeah, everyone's got to love is my fighters. Yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> just just put your hand on it, baby. All right. So just um, check us out on all the sites that we do. Saturday Night Sleepovers. Um, we got our own website. We got Facebook. Uh, what else we got? We well, got Twitter. Twitter. We're on Twitter. We're on Twitter. Check out "Scored to Death: Conversations with Some of Horror's Greatest Composers." That's which a book. Is a book I wrote. A book you wrote. It's available on Amazon, and I'm on Twitter and Facebook at Sat at, at, at Sleepovers. At Sat Sleepovers. <laughs> at Scored that, to that's Death. That's our that's our Twitter page. Um, you can check find out me. Mike Vanderbilt. Check out Mike Vanderbilt or, or at or Mike Vanderbilt on t- Twitter on Twitter on Twitter. He's tweeting with Twitter and. Uh, uh, he's a he's now part of the fan. He's part of the extended family. Yeah, so he's a, like a, a bona fide contributor. Uh, a bona fide And he's he does uh, daily grindhouse over there. He's got he's got a whole bunch of stuff. Too much, too much, too uh, much stuff. He's a Mike, contributor AV club. Hey, it's great. Good you for him. To say no. A lot of pokers <laughs> in the fire. God bless him. You know he, he's just he's got a lot of time on his hands. You know we we, we barely have enough time to do this. Um, yeah, right. and then now that's that's it. Sleep, I think. Yeah, happy yeah. life day. Everybody. Happy life day to everybody. And we, I guess you can't say anything else because it's uh, it's a. <laughs> <laughs> celebrate.
Wonder Woman, starring Linda Carter, and Incredible Hulk, starring Bill Bixby, will return at their regular times next Friday evening on most of these stations.